The Weird Science DC Comics podcast is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts, obviously. But did you know that you could get early access as well as exclusive shows like our weekly badass Patreon-only Spotlight podcast by going to patreon.com slash weird science and subscribing to whatever level is right for you. Your support not only helps out the show, but gets you a bunch of podcasts in return. So go to patreon.com slash weird science. And thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Better fast up is going to be a bumpy ride. Yo, this total referee, you know what I mean? And I'm about to bring y'all some history. We got the best of both worlds. And I got the Get Fresh crew. Poop, poop. Hey, baby, wake up from your sleep. We have arrived onto the future, and the whole world is become. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the bastard son of the penguin, Eric Shea. And I'm Eric's little lad, Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 435. Yes, you like I'm playing the game now, Eric. It took me a while. It only took me a 400 sum, and I'm playing the game. We didn't understand the, the rules. The thing is, you didn't understand that you had to say something before your name. It took you a while, <laughs> but you finally got there. Now, remember at one point I was like the, the Polish sweetheart or something. I, I forget what it was, but I was something yeah, at was one about, point. I think that was like six years ago, it, maybe. Yeah, it was, probably. Yeah, we've been doing this a while, Eric. I'm also the little lad, but I'm also very tired tonight so forgive me if i fall asleep at some point you just carry on but hey everybody welcome to the show the official unofficial podcast of whatever weird science you like and everybody listening is a weirdo part of the get fresh crew and a not a badass but maybe beep boop eric but with all of that we have a bunch of books we talked about it if you hadn't listened to our thank god it's friday episode that came out on friday that makes sense right yeah, end up we talked about Monkey Prince, Poison Ivy, and Batman Killing Time. But what else did we talk about? We said banger of an episode tonight because right. of those books being pushed aside. And and with that, you actually like the Poison Ivy book a little better more than me. But that Batman Killing Time, holy moly, I'm glad to get that rid of. That was the last issue, right? Was that the finale? No, it wasn't, Eric. We have Jim, one more I am that. looking right now on the Apple Podcast preview where the TGI show came out today, Saturday. Oh, well, that's because, Eric, it came out because I was tired and I was up that late. That's what shows you. We end up getting done. I have to edit it. It goes. Also, I do think at points and if people have a podcast themselves, they'll realize that sometimes it takes a while for Apple to pick it up. And it's very frustrating at times where it will just be willy nilly. It'll take a day sometimes. Sometimes it's two minutes. I still say Friday, Eric, because it's thank God it's Friday with all of that. But yeah, we ended up having that and saying that that led to the banger that we will call tonight's episode. And so before we get into that, which we have some big books, even if they're not your favorites, they're still pretty big, pretty big indeed, Eric. I'm telling you, I am like a runaway train. Right now in my head, I can't even gather my thoughts. Say it now. So like every other week. Again, yeah. Yes, uh, Eric. Every, yes, everybody's you expecting this. You've, you've already warned them. I'm very tired. Uh, the show's going to suck. I'm telling you. I'm just sitting there. I don't know. A lot of people used to love when we would do a podcast that did take us all night. 
to record because well, we started because getting goofy. Well, you would goofy. eventually get to the goofy, delirious stuff. At least well, you start out with like, there, cohesion. You're, you're saying that you have to start with a foundation, not of tired sand. Is yes. that what you're telling me? Well, before we get into these books, everybody should go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us and we will follow you back. Also, go to our website. I heard at one point it was award-winning, weirdsciencedccomics.com, still an award. I got a choral award back in the day, so I, I think we're award-winning. It was chorus, so I was in the chorus there one year. But wait, a chorus award or a choral well, award? Well, a choral deal, you're in the, it's a choral award because you're in the chorus. Come on. Is that how that works? Yeah, well, that's how it works. Why would you just say a chorus award? Well, because it's not a, it's, it's a choral award. I'm, I'm like, are you deep sea diving and bringing up no, choral? No, it's not that. No, actually, I was there and the walking dead yelling for my son coral coral oh here's your award jim warner you did the coral <laughs> here great. you go you did it really good now get yourself an eye patch and a hat we don't even know what an internet meme is yet but you did it no i will yeah all right but also go over to our patreon patreon.com slash weird science where you can get a bunch of shows a plethora if you will one of the shows that we push all the time each and every week is our weekly Patreon only spotlight, two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh, and those two books, again, it seems like everything was weeding out, you know, all the nonsense to get to this banger of an episode because we did Multiversity Teen Justice number two and Nubia Queen of the Amazons number two. And since we did that, I think I've had like two hours of sleep. And does that seem like it was like seven weeks ago? That we talked about Nubia. It feels like nope. so long ago to me, Eric. It was like two days ago. Oh, my goodness gracious. Three months, you say? I agree. But with all of that, this is going to be a little shout out, a little roll call, badass roll call for the badasses of the Patreon. Maybe I should be a little tired all the time. I think I'm doing no. this smooth. It's also, well, I'll go and edit it. and I'll be like, what the hell was I doing? Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Red, Matches Balone, Niels Teewart, David Fink, Joey Bear, Costco, Stephen Baum, do you like this inflection, Eric? Jason Colby, Sue 42, you and me, can't take it that now. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, I did a indie comics podcast with him that is on the speed, so everybody check that out. Nice. Seller Dweller, Mark Jager, Nick Adams, Ruben, he's at the Sounders game, they're not even playing. Carlos, Noah, Marv, Luke Hollywood, probably drunk and asleep, Simon, Luis, Scott Marin, Chip, Andrew Belfast, Swanee. Swanee's getting back in the swing of things. Anthony G, awesome. Josh Ramillion, Pete from NYC, my man, Pete from NYC. Mark Robbins, that is Batman Beyond Mark. I just, you know, went beyond the veil there. Eric. Our man, Rob Lewis. B-Mira, that's a Brandon up there in Buffalo. Oh, Double Brandon. A, Ron Dachshund, his ass out there in Minnesota. All-time great, Reggie. Uh, uh. See, you can tell. Everything's going to go so good tonight. I have a lot. I, I just, I can tell everything's coming up me tonight, Eric, with all my you know, blowing of minds and things like that. And it's funny because when I said the <sighs> Annihilator, it ended up making me think, and I kind of giggled to myself, when you get the executor or the executor, that's another thing that I always mess up. And that is Darth Vader's ship as well at points. And I always never know which the one executor? to say. Yeah, the executor. But I also okay. say the executor sometimes just when I see it. 
And it always, I always get upset oh, so when that, I do So it. that's your like mind where it's so like Heracles instead of Heracles? Yeah, yeah, Heracles, you know, Heracles. Hey, look at that damn guy, Heracles. I mean, he looks like such a hero. Heracles better watch out for the Hippolyta. He's got a bunch of trials out there he's got it done. That's the worst when you end up having a, a podcast, especially because you, you want to come off as, you know, an authority, as yeah. they say. And remember when I just couldn't get... Hippolyta. It's Hippolyta. I kept saying it. And then I knew the right way and I just I couldn't get it. it I started Cartaga. thinking too much. That's what happens, Eric. I think too much. I also love yeah, that's too what much. Happens. That's a problem with me at points. You I think Tanya would tell you that I love too much. She was mad at me. I guess it was this morning. Uh, somebody was knocking on the door and I was like peeping around the corner. And I didn't want to answer the door. It was this guy. He looked like a young kid. And then finally she's screaming. She was in the bathroom. Who's at the door? Mia's going nuts. And I went out and I start talking to this guy. He's like, hey, my name's. what you guys do over there? You just let people knock at the door. You don't answer it? No, I looked. I didn't know who this was. And I went out. It was somebody who wanted to know who I was going to vote for and things like that. And I, I just said, I'm not interested there, Pally. But he's real nice. And then I felt bad, Eric, because I, I love too much. I care too much is what Yeah, but it's after happening. the fact. You treat people like jerks and then after you do, never have to see them again. Boy, I feel bad about that. That is true. I do feel bad afterwards. And then that guy's just moping down. I actually, it's weird because as he walked down the street, he had a boombox. He was playing the Charlie Brown theme. He's just walking down the street with his head Sounds down. like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. He actually uh, looked like a, a cool, like a soccer type player. He looked like Anakin a Skywalker cool a little. Soccer Yeah, type he looked player. like some guy who was like, you know, into some sports Because all I can imagine stuff. is that he was doing really cool, like, you know, tricks with soccer balls as he was talking well, to you. Well, maybe. I don't know. It, it, actually, I say that because I think he reminded me of a guy who I played <laughs> soccer with. That's the only reason. He, he Though he looked like Anakin Skywalker, like a young Hayden Christensen. So I okay. felt bad, but I knew that eventually he'll go bad. So I didn't care. I, I yelled at him down. You know, you're not bringing balance to shit. And then he he ran away. But he did. He didn't know what I meant. But yeah, he wanted to know like some uh, some sort of voting thing. Mia was going nuts. That was my out. I'm like, hey, my dog's going nuts. I got to get you out. You should have just told the guy, let's keep this professional and close the door on him. <laughs> keep it professional. He's like, I am. That's the thing. Yeah, it was it was a little odd. The only reason I ended up eventually answering the phone with Tanya yelling was I thought maybe, just maybe, or the, the door, maybe he was delivering a pizza. I didn't know. I wanted to make sure. But with all of this. This is big brain <laughs> thoughts you're having. Oh, my God. We didn't order anything, but maybe if I go to answer this I door, I don't know what Raven and Logan are doing sometimes. And at one point, we used to get a lot of these weird door dashes and they just leave it there. We'd eat it, right? And then I'd feel bad again because I care too much. That you think it's weird door dashes where your kids just took your credit card and ordered food. No, that, that would have been the case. We we had to end up, and I was talking to this Double A so Run. weird. I talked yeah, to Double Dad. A Run. We had weird. to actually, we had, somebody had our credit card information. So we had to get our new, Rafe was his name. We ended up yeah, actually having to get a new credit card because of our kids. That's Are you ridiculous. This? this is not a shock. I know it isn't, but it's ridiculous. That shouldn't be a thing. Tanya won't say anything. They don't listen to me. <laughs> I, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. That's a losing battle, I guess. They Why drown and on, I guess. But now we have a new card, and I, I keep it down here. I have it hidden, Eric. That's well, now the they thing. know. Yeah, but then, then again, with they that. They listen to every podcast, so they know what their daddy actually sounds like. When happy. they want money, instead of just, you know, take, they actually just ask Tanya, and she sends it to them on the cash app anyway. It's a losing battle, Eric. But we're going to go off right now. We're going to go. We have two really, really big books in this first section, so we'll go off to do that right now. <laughs> He got his first real comic, got it at a 
until his fingers blend With reading comics most of his life Him and some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit, Knuckles got married Yannis was never gonna get far When he looks back now Yes, and here we are for the first section of books. Usually don't go with the Eric songs right away, Eric. I, don't I thought like that it. that'd be the big change. I like it. I love it, Eric. And we're here to talk these two big books. And I thought because in honor of you going into this dark crisis, you are a guy who I rely on a lot, Eric. I lean on you a lot just because you have read comics most of your life. And I think that that is something that everybody should applaud. But here we are. We're going to be going through both the Dark Crisis number two and Batman 125, two really big books this week. But before we do that, remember, you can go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com and read written reviews for all of these as well. And with that, this is time, Eric, for the meat and cheese. It's time for meat and cheese. See, we're going to get back to the basics, (laughs) Eric. And and we're not going to, without further ado, why don't we just jump into this? And with this Dark Crisis, I saw a lot of people, and even these two books, the idea that people, I don't know if it's that they're going in and, you know, I'm an expert at going into something and being a little cynical or or being worried or actually, you know, I am kind of based on the idea if you're kind of not expecting much, you can't end up being disappointed, but that goes a little more. You're going to immediately not like it just because. not even How that, dare but you, be hyped. you say that, but it is funny because if people don't like something, that gives me more of an impetus to try and check it out and maybe like, like it to crack the in code. this section. Well, I like you like I said, remember when it was in the new fifty two when we first started the site, we heard Birds of Prey. That wasn't so good. So I'm like, I'm gonna review it. I'm gonna crack the code. What's that? Stormwatch. All right, let me add it. And uh, yeah, they weren't that great, but I did give it a try, right? That's I the did thing. At least you weren't doing Superboy and Teen Titans because these are characters I, I love that were portrayed terribly. Well, and that's what you do. You end up, you are drawn to books, obviously, with characters that you love, hoping that they'll be good. And you'll just keep reading them, whether they are or not. I'm because I'm a dummy. Because you end up, well, you're a dummy, but you're loyal to the characters. But with this Full dark crisis, and when I ended up, and I ended up, get this, Eric, I ended up arguing with some people on Twitter yeah. because you end up, and I even made a, Kind of, I thought, a pretty funny tweet where well, here we go. the idea that people said that Wait all on me, the Dad. D- I said where it was all the DC books were all Batman. And I said, I want to stop this lie. I'm stopping the lie here because really it's only 98%. I thought that was kind of funny. But one of the other things that we see that kind of annoys me and you, I know you like that tweet, Eric. I'm just hearing the rim shot. <laughs> it's just like that. And a crowd and of so booze. With that, you, you're like, all right. Yes. Oh, my How goodness gracious. Oh, man. No. So the other thing, and then though, we is. we fighting. We realize there's nothing to fight about because no. humor brings us all together. It does. I, I told you before, and you have seen it. That's where I start, where I care too much again. We keep going back to this, Eric. I don't know why you keep bringing it up. But the idea, I'll fight with people, and then by the end, I can't stand them leaving, hating me. So I try to get jokey, and usually it doesn't turn out well. That ends up, then I get blocked. But hey, what can I do? But you end up where one of the other things that you hear on Twitter a lot, when Dark Crisis was announced. Oh, what is this, the fifth reboot the last weekend? 
like, no, there hasn't been as many reboots as people want to claim. And so they already, if if you're not going to like something, have some basis of it in reality. Don't just say, oh, I'm not going to read this because they keep rebooting, keep rebooting, because they don't. That's the problem. They have tried to soft reset. They don't, you know, for a fact that DC's running scared from anything of named reboot. They're, you know, they think that we can't do that and whatnot. But when you go in this dark crisis, people are already, you know, shitting on it before it actually came out. And we liked that first issue. We were actually pretty enthusiastic about it. We enjoyed the zero it. issue because I don't remember what happened. Yeah. Remember we ended up, I, I can't, you know, listen, I, I need some sleep. But you end up where uh. people even message me, though. Keep that we were very positive type, about we were, say that? <laughs> we were very positive. That's the bingo deal. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but no, a lot of people were surprised and even said, you know what? We kind of gave them a little enthusiasm. We say it all the time or people say it to us all the time. They like when we get, you know, lose our minds. You do a lot or lose your yeah. mind on a book. But a lot of people like it, it is nice to actually when we like something and we are enthusiastic. And we were. And so when you go into this, I just see the same people. And I don't know that they're reading it. I don't know because this issue, it, it it's not the greatest thing. And some of the things that come in this issue kind of get fudged in a way that I, I think is kind of, it's, it's a sad thing because there were things to tie into the continuity that they didn't. But I'm still actually enthusiastic a bit for this. And then if at the end it does reboot, I'll praise the Lord. But give us that. the credits. I, I don't I don't know what else to do, though. Because you need a hard bet. Nobody is reading and you need something to really ensure that they could just jump in and not have to worry about what has come up to this point as much as you would. I mean, I think that the continuity or timeline will go, but they need something to get new readers, new people in because it's really starting to get really dark. You know, the whole, you know, promise of what DC Comics is and whatnot. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But give us the credits for this. Dark Crisis number two, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Daniel Sampier, Alejandro Sanchez, and Tom Napolitano. And as we go into Dark Crisis number two, I'm immediately disappointed because for all the hype, for all the buildup of the cliffhanger to our first issue of Dark Crisis, you jump into this like, oh my god, Nightwing might be dead, Chupacabra might be dead, Slade just shot Beast Boy in his fucking face, what are we going to do with all this nonsense? You immediately jump into this after Pryor gives some bullshit, and you find out, oh no, everybody's cool, let's move on. I'm like... You don't even show any of the stuff that we had the cliffhanger to. You just move past that and say, no, we're all cool. And, yeah, and I like that me and it. you are the only ones who care about Chupacabra, but it was a shame. And you don't and even really he's not they even, don't even care here. about him. I know they don't even care. Now, with that, one of the Ooh, things that I saw with, <laughs> when he did, when people are were talking about this issue, one of the things that they were going with a positive was actually the beginning with Pariah. Now, again, I think that sometimes we've got to pull back a little and think about the idea of, you know, you read comics most of your life. That's why I even put that song at the beginning, or maybe I didn't, but it works out now. But the idea that we know what this is, this is pretty much just seeing, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earth and him. Oh, woe is me. This is what happened. Yeah. And uh, this is what a lot of people don't seem to either remember. I'm tired of read, crying prior. And so they actually I saw a lot of people. And, and again, if you end up reading Anything, especially Christ on Infinite Earth, Pariah is the most annoying guy ever. I mean, he is annoying, but a lot of people said, oh, man, I finally realize what Pariah is up to, what his motivations are. And I kind of laughed myself thinking, really? Because you kind of already spelled that out. And you kind of there's not much else that Pariah has, but maybe this was well served to some people. And again, the idea of us 
you know, thinking that everybody is on board with everything that we know or they know or whatnot. But you get that. But when you get into, you know, Dick Grayson, when they just offhandedly say he threw the bomb. I mean, this thing was also, I just want to know, Chupacabra, did you have anywhere else you could have gone to? I mean, seriously, you, you go in and then blow up. But, oh, he got Honestly, the bomb. I might just imagine it's like a jigsaw trap, though, where like he has a bomb on him. Like, I want to play a game like Chupacabra. In order for you to survive this bomb, you need to walk in the Titan's Tower. <laughs> I actually and was Dick thinking Grayson's of the attention. idea. When I got this, I thought, was there a thing that maybe, you know, Deathstroke said, the only way you can survive is you go, you find Dick Grayson, you do that. But then he, you know, he's not a man of his word, but still. You end up saying, hey, thank God he threw the bomb. But where? But where? And who else? I would have loved Over him there. for salt. And he just threw it right at back it's at Chupacabra. Right? It's, ah! uh, but in that, you also have, you know, some cool characters that we get from the Teen Titans in the Academy. But Roundhouse is just like, eh, let's get going. I, I don't want to get him. Let's get, Look, it, the, it kind of threw the me off. The thing is, Roundhouse might be a, an official member of the Teen Titans right now, because you can say you have the upper class, like the, the Titans who are the teachers, the upper classmen who are the Teen Titans, and you have Teen Titans Academy, all the new characters from the Academy series, and Roundhouse is a Teen Titan. But he has the right idea where King's fucking Wilson is over here with an entire army of secret society members saying, and they're attacking the freaking, like the Titans Tower right now, and some people might have just died. Beast Boy just got shot in the face for all they know. The best thing to do is get out of here and hide. I'm right there with you, Roundhouse. You are not a fearful, like a fearless hero here. You are here because you've been want to do like heroic stuff with your friends. But I don't know. You are not the hero type, and maybe this no, will prove it going forward. Well, I, I'd love it if Roundhouse is like, God, how many times is this place going to blow up? Oh my God! Also, I'd love to think that as they're dragging Nightwing. He's got like three concussions. He's hitting himself against the wall. He's uh, bashing off of something on the ground. They're just yanking him and pulling him through. But once you end up having, like you said, King Slade and the society come up, I actually like this. I like the idea. It's it's pretty much Slade's M.O. saying, hey, listen, the Justice League is dead. The, these generation of heroes is nonsense. Nobody's going to take their place. All this stuff. Plus, there's bad things are coming. And I want to end all this right now. And then even with it, where they get, you know, he gets infected a bit by the darkness. It ends up, I you know, kind know of going in going there. On the secret society, because we have a shit ton of members here taking out Titans left and right at Titans Tower to the point where it just becomes, you know, a mono we mono against Slade Wilson and Dick Grayson and Nightwing. But on top of all that, we have secret society members all around the world targeting other like superheroes like Firestorm, Jackson Hyde, you know, Jace Fox, Yara Floor, you know, Damian Wayne, Blue Beetle. Kara and like uh, Dr. Light. And I'm like, I want to know what you're going to do with those characters and why you're going to murder them like that. But like, even the idea where, you know, Priya's idea is we have to take away hope and stuff like that. We have to, like, you know, ha- build up hope and then take it away in order for his plan to work right now. So, you know, killing the Justice League is only the first step. But even when we get to the point here where we have the Justice League dead to the point where John Ken is building up a new Justice League, the Titans are trying to build up a whole new, like, you know, ser- like a legacy of heroes going forward with their academy. But when we have this whole mano a mano fight between Nightwing and Slade, we just get to the point where Pariah is tell, like, you know, talking with the Great Darkness into Slade, like, hey, look, I need you to stop your nonsense right now. You can't kill anybody. And I'm like, the idea that Pariah tells Slade this, and Slade's like, oh, yeah, we can't do this shit. Let's fuck off, Secret Society. That stacked on top of the idea that Nightwing, Chupacabra, and Beast Boy are all just fine from what happened in the last issue. You just took all the stakes out of what we've been dealing yeah, with. Yeah, but it's weird because in between issues and things like that, it did come out. I think Joshua Williamson, even in an interview or it was a press release, whatever, saying that this is a true sequel 
to Crisis on Infinite Earth. And you can kind of tell with Brian things like that. that. The funny thing, though, is that this and what we're getting in this issue really feels more like a Legends deal of let's take down all of the hope. Let's take down all of the heroes, show that they're not that great, and that's how we will win the day. Instead, this isn't Darkseid trying to set it up and go and take over the world. But I wonder what's going on with this of the idea of hey, don't kill them now. We got to get rid of the hope. We got to do that. Like I said, that feels more like what came right after the whole Christ on Infinite Earths with the Legends event deal that they had. And I just wonder if that's kind of what is going on. But what is the play? Why would you need, you know, to not kill them here? And even the society, I think it's uh, Black Spider or whatever says, like, let's do it. What are we doing? No, no, no. We have to go off. And it, that doesn't why, make why, sense. Why is Black Spider the voice of reason? I That's know, ridiculous. Black Spider is. And, and again, you end up having Deathstroke. He is being controlled. He yeah. has this deal. He, but he's trying to fight He's waking darkness out of his eye Yeah, hole. he is. And, but he's trying to fight it. I mean, you could see that he's trying to fight it to the point where Dick Grayson says, are you okay? What is going on? What's happening with you? Uh, and he's, you know, stop it, whatever. But we got to get out of here. But they do fight. At that one point, and it's pretty badass. You get some action oh, no, as they go really at each badass, other. The idea that you have Slade Wilson versus Nightwing to bring him all back to home with Deathstroke and the new Teen Titans stuff like that. You know, this freaking, you know, the super villain against the super team, the arch enemy against the superhero. This is great one on one, especially to the point where it all comes down where Slade's just going to go and kill Nightwing and John Kent comes in. And we also have a counter to that move as well because the idea that you have the new Superman here. What are we going to do against the new Superman? Well, we have the cyborg Superman, who not only is strong Superman, but looks just like John's father, who's away right now, or dead as it is for this. But like, that is such a great idea because we haven't seen Hank Henshaw since he had that Phantom Lantern ring and it was fucking nonsense. And now he's back on Slade's team and wants to kick the shit out of John Kent. I'm like, I want to see more of this because it all just comes down to this, though, where you have an amazing action scene outside of a burning Titans tower with all these Titans, you know, at the mercy of the secret society. Dick Grayson versus Slade Wilson, John Kent versus Hank Henshaw, Cyborg Superman. It is all amazing until it all just, okay, guys, we got to stop. Let's uh, teleport out of here. I'm like, why did you just end it like that? Because you would build up something cool. Even, and I say build up because I'm already disappointed at this point just because last issue's cliffhangers mean nothing now. Now we have an amazing action scene. You're showing me Cyborg Superman, who was one of my favorite villains in the DC universe, and we don't go far enough with it. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. But the thing is, like you said, some of the things that were disappointing to me, the idea of Beast Boy, where you do have Slade bring him in and like, hey, look at the Beast Boy. Hey, well, you know, he changes. I wanted to see if he got a real brain or something. And the thing was, though, with that Psy Beast, the combo deal that still should be in play from the Teen Titans Academy. Not that we love that book, but that. That should have been the clever way. I'm telling that you, Beast Boy Teen survived. Titans Academy and also the Green Lantern series that we had previous to this lead up to Dark Crisis, they don't matter. No, they, they don't seem. And now I kind of get why the concept maybe matters, the Green like Lantern, the, stuff like- the Green Lantern and Teen, neither of them sold well, but the Green Lantern. That kind of was a book that probably in the middle, we kind of got like, the idea. This isn't going to matter. Look, but the, still. the thing is, the overallness of those books are here to the idea like, Hey, look, there is a Teen Titans Academy with the characters that were introduced there. As for the Green Lantern book, yeah, the uh, Green Lanterns got separated and they lost their power for a while. The idea of how they got their power back and who's alive and who's dead, that doesn't matter anymore. Hey, we found Kyle Rayner. Let's move on. And the thing that gets, what were they in the Vegas system, Eric? The thing that gets me. his way back. He had enough of his prostitutes. I'm telling you, and I know that, you know, continuity kid here, but you could, you do, you're a little stickler for that, but a lot of people are. 
I can let the Green Lantern stuff kind of push aside because, like I said, halfway through the Jeffrey Thorne deal, <laughs> that God uh, we stuff, knew, I can't tell you. I you understand. You know why I can't let the Tim? I didn't like the Tim Sheridan Teen Titans Academy stuff, but you're in Teen Titans Academy at the point. You're actually taking advantage of the situation of Teen well, Titans Academy with Roundhouse, so you need fixed. to go. Yeah, you need the. You know what I mean, though. You can't fudge that when you're really taking that as one of the basis for this story. Slade comes here. To stop like that most nonsense. Readers, Joshua Williamson did not care about that side beast nonsense. Yeah. And and with that, if you can trust Joshua Williamson, he ended up saying that he read everything, he's caught up, all the editorial. He didn't even that, realize that the no, Green I'm telling was a you, series. I bet you that he did. I bet you they said, Don't worry about it. Don't let that be the anchor to not having I, when you end up the issue and Jeffrey the deal, he was killing well, I know well, that's the deal It's because I don't think they cared about that book. That book had get shoved aside. They want to have the wow moment of the green lantern core at the end. And I thought more people were going to get excited about it when you do see it. And I didn't see that many people excited, but when you get cyborg Superman and you get these things in it, it starts to feel like an event now. We haven't sure had Cyborg Superman in a while. We haven't had Kyle Rayner. That's really cool. Two of your favorite characters. And even I when read we your have review Cyborg and you Superman said, going up against John Kent here, like Superman versus Cyborg Superman, an amazing battle, but it looks like Cyborg Superman, Hank Henschel, is also infected with the darkness because when he starts blasting you know, John here, it's like it is a dark, floaty kind of stuff coming out of his robotic arm. Yeah. I love the, the line when he says, listen, son, you got to stand. And John says, you know, I'm not brother. your son. You're not my dad. And he says, neither are you. And uh, that is a good line. That is some <laughs> shit talking Burn. from that. I'm like, oh, my God, that does compute, Hank. But even then you get cyborg. I don't know about say you give cyborgs a bad name. Maybe that could be a song, Eric, maybe. But yeah, I, I do like it. As I said. When you're centering on the Teen Titans Academy at the actual building and the you got to be a little more tighter with the Teen Titans deal. But when you do end up where all hell is broken loose and even the idea of your dad would be proud, John, Woody, and then you look, Gorilla Greg's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go eat some bananas somewhere. And that's when you end up Taking having his Titan shirt off and say, no, I'm out. This is bullshit. I, I have, I have gone to one semester of the school and Titans tower has fallen twice. Students are dying left and right. Why am I here? Yeah, it's like, this is a weekend. Like this thing is going down. You know and what I'm... the thing is? You guys have shown me what, what it means to be a hero. I'm going off with uncle Grodd. who was trying to tell me how shit I really was. I was going to tell you, I think that he's sitting there and he's like, what did I do at school here? Well, I ended up getting grabbed by, you know, Grodd, my uncle. Nobody helped us but us. Where were the teachers? We had no class, you know, as a joke. Uh, and also the Titans Tower is blown up twice. I'm out of here. Like the idea that you would think, oh, my God, you'll flunk then. Really? Flunk? I, I want to live. And he goes off and then probably slips on a banana. Red X was targeting right? us. And all of a sudden we unleashed the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Billy had to sacrifice his life to freaking stop it. Shit was real. I'm out of here. That is the worst school ever. And yeah, Dick Grayson of all that. And I kind of even get like. That'd be funny. Deathstroke shows up and he's like, I'm not really mad about anything except that somebody has to stop you in the school. I mean, it's awful. Everybody's going to die. But when you end up having that and then by the end where you have Black Adam show up and Black Adam, it's kind of funny when he shows up, but he shows up and he says, listen, this team, John, that was bull crap. And hey, you know, night when you. But that's what everybody was online saying anyway. So I don't understand sometimes where writers or even companies where they want to, you know, they want to get people fired up and get angry. And that's what it felt like that that team. Hey, we're the Justice League and people lost their minds. You need to get Wouldn't them in a little. 
how it would have been cool if you would have actually seen that team show up here since we spent last issue putting like, them together. Like, show why you did that and, and why the they would have been a you know, team. Everything is said and done. Slade is retreated because he doesn't want to play with the Titans anymore or John Kent. But it's like, Black Adam shows up like, you are not ready to lead the Just League son of Kal-El. And you know what, Nightwing? I was wrong about you, too. You can't lead it. I'm going to lead it. Because you know why? While well, all this shit was going down, Deathstroke also fucked with Kondak. I'm like, so you weren't able to protect your own country yeah, against oh, us, but I, you're going to be it. the leader of the Justice League? Like, you're looking at us because we got screwed up here by Slade Wilson and a shit ton of Secret Society members. They went after your country, which you are a super-powered god over there. And what did they do, really? Because now you're just saying, oh, I'm the leader of the Justice League. I'm like, I don't see where you're coming from, Black Adam. Are you still like riding the coattails of how you were the only survivor of the Justice League and stopped the freaking darkness single-handedly? Woof, woof. Eric, I heard he's the big dog. And so when you end up that, I'm telling you, and with some people even were and again continuity deal please don't look at that you know christopher priest black adam book that has nothing to do with really continuity at the point that is kind of a a little bit of its own deal so don't think of that yeah it's funny and so when you end up having that this black adam comes well why didn't you do that at first you know the whole idea oh that team stinks or whatever but everybody else was on and it, it seems again like you're playing this game of trying to rile people up with covers and, and splash. Because even with the finer points, the if you go with thinking about the, the Teen Titans Academy, like, you know, continuity and stuff like that, if you go with any of the fine points of that series beyond the concept of Teen Titans Academy, not only would you have Cybeast be a thing here, but you would also, on top of Black Adam showing up here, you should have Teddy, his a million-year-old younger self. Yep. Yeah, hanging with him. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of things. I mean, the idea... That that Teen Titans Academy wasn't a great series, but you add some of those kids, they have some pretty cool abilities and things like yes, that that you could gather is. up. Yeah, and you don't have any of that. Like it almost feels well, like well, we're going to I know it's like we're going to use that though as like window dressing, but then we're going to get to the real thing, and it's kind of a shame. I would have liked to see Matt Price do something since they kind of you know ended the Teen Titans Academy series. Like, hey, you like the half son of Dark Side or some bullshit Are like that. You? I guess it's one of those things of not many people liked it and didn't read it, so you can't rely on that. But still, it's kind of a shame. But then you just go off into space like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We're behind the eight ball. We need some things. We brought Cyborg Superman back from out of nowhere to get a smile on little Eric Shea's face. What else can we do to make his day? You know who we haven't seen in a long time? His favorite Green Lantern, his favorite superhero in the DC Universe, Kyle Rayner. He's coming back from the Vegas system. And not only that, he's going to have a little bit of help when Joe Mullen and Hal Jordan are going to give him a little bit of express route and back Jessica to Oa. And Cruz, not only Oa, but Earth as well, because a dark crisis is coming. Yeah. And and everybody's going to, you know, you end up Simon's there. He Again, seems to have recovered. Simon in his original up. costume, so no <laughs> yeah, continuity. Yeah. And everybody is just a Green Lantern once again. So none of this Godstorm stuff. Yeah. And, and Jessica Cruz, she's there as a Green Lantern. I think Not that it's one Lantern. of those where that this is the continuity. Now, that other stuff, it didn't work. And the idea that DC is very... They sorted it out. <laughs> now, DC is not Here's the biggest ring, of admitting that they did something wrong. And I think that this is one of those where they're not admitting this, that they did wrong. They're just saying, like, maybe if we do this real quick, nobody will notice. (laughs) Hey, everybody. But this is what everybody wanted. Well, I'm saying this happens all the time throughout, especially Green Lantern stuff, it seems like. Like, even the idea where that last Green Lantern series, we talked about it nonstop, how it was almost a sequel to, like, Green Lantern Mosaic, where John became a mortal guardian, a godlike figure. It was a continuation of that. But because of what happened, like, Oh shit, Emerald Twilight's happening. We're killing off the Green Lantern Corps, doing a new character, Kyle Rayner. 
Well, let's just forget all of that. And that's what happened. Let's just pretend that never happened until Jeffy Thorne said, it'll be cool. Let's bring that back. And you know what happened? They did it again. This never happened. <laughs> so much for mortal guardian, John Stewart. I guess that you Even have to remember that. He died. Yeah, he died using that. But maybe that, you know, if they would have done it a little better and known a little better, they just would have had John kind of off on his own. Don't affect any of the other core. Just have him off doing something and then do all that by himself. But he ended up where I think that they wanted to have everybody. The rings weren't working so that you wouldn't just keep saying, well, what's Guy doing? What's Hal like, doing? What's even guy- the idea where guys like you've been looking for him and stuff like that, like last we saw from what we should understand for how everything worked out where, you know, Kyle was stuck in the Vegas system, possibly yeah. getting his way back. Guy was stuck on the other world. Guy was in on the that world. State, he was going to be there for decades and become a god to these people. But I guess that never happened. That was somehow averted, Guy made himself so, yeah. back. Yeah, they got all back in you know, the Vegas that, system. But like the idea, like, well, Future State was averted, so it doesn't have to happen. Jessica Cruz still became a Yellow Lantern in the real continuity. No, no longer. She's Green Lantern here. I think they just said that, that Jeffrey cool Thorne stuff was Lantern nonsense. Stuff. I really liked it, and I wouldn't have minded her being right well, there as Jeffrey a Yellow Thorne. Lantern. That was Ryan Katie, I think, yeah, did was. all that stuff. I, I, who knows? You know, I bet that they editorial might have even given him the idea, but even so would have been close. She was just still there with them, but as a Yellow Lantern. I mean, this is all hands on deck. Kind of what I'm talking about. Kind of like, hey, what happened to you? It's a long Yeah, one. really. And then you end up where, of course, you have the introduction of Kyle to Joe Moe, and he's like, hey, I heard of you. You're the best detective ever. Of course, people are going to get triggered with that sort this of is, thing. This side yeah, of the and like, system. And we like her. We just, you don't get a ton. Maybe we will, but I already saw you. Get, this at. is where I don't understand. The, I know. You understand well her <laughs> gauntlet's gone, but you end up where, and I didn't even look. Do you see if there's like a regular ring on Joe now, if they even whatever they do, but people want the core back. I'm not even on that page anymore, but I'm sure it's not that freaking close up. Uh, Yeah, you can't see. Uh, When you end up, hey, I want the core back. I want the core back. And then the people still met. Oh, that Joe Mullen. They just want to yell about it. I'm like, come on now. We get the whole core. Let's go. And I thought that was a great cliffhanger. And I ended up getting excited because when I first read this, I thought to myself, Eric Shea is going to be all excited. That's I do get excited about that sort of deal. I mean, when I saw Cyborg Superman, that was one thing. Then Kyle Rayner, I'm like, what the heck? Are they picking his brain there? And the thing is, I feel like I feel very personal about this issue because the idea is like, like, Eric's going to call a lot of bullshit about what happened here. So we better do some like peripheral things to make I him actually, kind that's of happy what I here. was thinking. I'm like, like Eric's going to call bullshit. Like a but... fan service nonsense over here to make him a little bit happy because over here, while you get a badass action scene going on here, it ultimately doesn't do nothing and takes all this because even the idea where I'm still waiting for what feels like Dark Crisis start, we're at issue number two. We had a zero issue. We have, we have tie-ins and we have all of this stuff going on. I don't feel that this event has started yet because when I think of Dark Crisis for all the lead up to it, it is fucking a bunch of big bads who are the body of the the great darkness who killed the Justice League. And right now it's cr- Pariah crying at the beginning of an issue and then Secret Society stuff. Did you did you notice that little aside too? I said the one aside was, thank God Dick Grayson threw that bomb. Like, what? When did he do that? The other one was, oh man, that Justice League, they ended up fighting off the darkness's army and quelling them so they couldn't attack Earth. I'm like, what? They quelled them good. Well, that's what Black Adam was saying. Yeah, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? They seem to be on the, like, they were destroying everybody. that is the case. Black Adam, for his story, like, he stopped the darkness. Now it seems like the pariah and the great darkness, for all the power that they had, they can't get here. We have to sow chaos to create a crisis using Deathstroke and the Secret Society, and then, like, destroy the hope in order for the machine, like, pariah's machine to work, it seems like, so we can get the Earth to actually start the crisis. I'm like, 
there's you like a so? meter hero hope and you know it goes and then they can get there but yeah it was it's a weird like play a game where you have to have a certain amount of meter in order to do something to progress to the next level of experience yeah, points or you like you need to get to the steel until you get that meter up you can't do your special moves exactly it was kind of odd and when that was mentioned i kind of took it aside like Really? Like, they, they seem to be really in control at this point. Like, they seem like they like, were we ready to kick some the more entire ass. Justice League and, and, and like, you know, Justice League Incarnate over here. Well, did we or did they teleport themselves? Because I'm trying to remember how it worked out. But the last I saw, the Great Darkness was infecting all of the Blade throughout the entire Omniverse, which was some bad stuff. We have, you know, somehow we're using the, the Devil Nezha and Lazarus Pits to get the Great Darkness through there and bringing people back to become agents of freaking Chaos for it. I'm like, I don't understand exactly because what I thought the Dark Crisis was, it isn't. And I'm telling you, it just doesn't feel like it's even started I think yet. It's, I think it's kind of a shame that we didn't have a bunch of things after Death Metal but, where with the Lazarus Pits kind of being Nezha and kind of infected or whatever. Would have been cool if we had a bunch of characters like all of a sudden you're like, why are they going heavy on people being resurrected in Lazarus Pits? Because that annoys you. But that would have been a cool play of. They were getting infected this whole time, but it just seems to be Deathstroke. But I will that, tell you though, this, though. It is one thing, because nonstop was going to Dark Crisis. All you said is, our heroes are fucked. For everybody who is the body of the Great Darkness, the army that he has with Darkseid, Doomsday, Necron, Neron, Upside Down Man, Eclipso, Ares, and whoever else I might have forgotten in this whole list here, you can't stand up against that, or Justly couldn't stand up against that. So maybe the idea that, like, you know, Joshua Williamson went in with this badass pitch, and then we took out the Justly... We can't go further from here because the story's already over because the good guy's lost. Let's nerf everything and say it's about this now because there's no way anybody it can do this. It seems like that. And it's a shame to think that that's like, you know, the way that they did it because they have to fudge it. Because even Kyle Rayner's like, boy, we're going to lose. We got to go. Oh, You're by the right, way, I, I love reason. it though because this issue does end up in a way of really, uh, you know, uh, giving validation to what. Black Adam said to everybody, like, oh, yeah. they were afraid of me and my look. What? Really? Like, no look, way, dude. Uh, you just got out. Black Adam, but apparently you know what the hell he was going on. I think on he was right. So all the joke, the joke is on you, Eric. But yeah, with this, I don't know if this is going to make sense with me and my final kind of how I felt about this. It's a very quick read. Like you said, it doesn't feel like it has the oomph or, you know, the meat on the bone that uh, a crisis does. A lot of times when you go, you go and if this is the you know, spiritual successor or whatever of Christ on Infinite Earth, some of those, and I just ended up reading it and doing podcasts about it on the Patreon. Some of those you had to like read twice and it, it was really tough that, you know, you're there. There, It's very dense. It's very, oh, it's so this dense. is not, this is very, so is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because well, by the you, end, I don't have a lot of fun rereading Crisis on Infinite Earth because of how dense it is, because of like, well, the concept of the story, like even talking about like we did with the Green Lantern and Teen Titans Academy, if you go at the general basis of it, it's an amazing story. But issue by issue with all the individual concepts they want to lay down and tell you how this works, this works, the antimatter universe, the regular, the monitor, the antimatter, how this wave is going to do this and how we have to affect this over here with pocket dimensions. Like, it's too much, guys. It's too much. It is. There's so much. Now, again, what I said, why this reminds me of Legends, that's not as dense. That's yeah. kind of fun. That's fun. You end up having, remember, G. Gordon Godfrey, Glorious yeah. Godfrey, Zaris is like, he's there with a podcast and a TV show and yelling. And a, he did not have a podcast. No, <laughs> it wasn't at that point, but he had a radio show. Yeah. He's yelling and screaming, which is funny because if you go back, actually, he started out as a guest on Billy Batson's show, TV show. And then that kind of got pushed aside because Billy ended up. You know, actually thinking he killed somebody and stuff like that. But that, that's that other. But the thing Can't is, Wiz TV. Yeah. After this. Yeah. After this, I ended up, you know, 
it's it's a weird deal. Like I said, I don't know if this will make sense, but I'm not upset about like this issue. I like it, but it didn't give me enough to hate or like I'm kind of in the middle deal, but I am optimistic because that cliffhanger really cool. And the thing this, though, as you said, to try to tie it in in my rambling, this still feels like a prelude. This feels like it would be like zero point B issue. As you're gathering things, and if it was that and we still had the event, I'd be really pumped up. But we're already two issues in of seven. But don't worry, we still have 20 tie-ins. Yeah, 25 tie-ins. And then again, the tie-ins, though, we'll, we'll see next week. We have the first one of the, and I'm talking of these world without Superman. This is just going to be of the dream world. Are they going to give enough of anything, like groundwork for this? Or is this just no. going to be, hey, we have to throw out a Superman and Batman? And that, yeah. So with that, the flashbook, Jeremy Adams, okay, they're off to get Barry Allen, but is that going to progress the story enough as well? And that Young Justice one seems to be nothing. So I'm really worried that, you know, we're not going to get enough. Look, Cassie Sandsmark is on the case, Jim. She's going well, to get to the true. bottom of this shit, find out our trio of Young Justice members, and also possibly single-handedly defeat the dark si- the great darkness's body. I was actually thinking the other day, it's like Cassie's on the job. Oh, my God. I Seriously, if you're that great a detective, I know that your buddies are missing, but maybe you want to find Batman and Superman. Do that first, then you can go find, you know, Tim and whatever. And just as much as, you know, they are, I guess. I don't know. Look, she knows that they're still alive. They just disappeared. It's funny to me that nobody else seems to care. Yeah, nobody cares. But, yeah, it would have been funny if they're like, who are you talking about? Like, things are resetting and whatnot. But, yeah, by the end, I did like this. I just want to love it. And I want to get fired up it's just too quick and it doesn't have a lot of meat on the bone as i said but it has some big moments that i like and we end up if anything right now it looks like when this dark crisis is over we can have a green lantern core book which we Hooray. wanted we can have kyle rayner so we it's can have kyle said- rayner the green lantern that's all i need i don't need the rest this can be so kyle that's what i think that people have to center on the deal yeah maybe this isn't the greatest but if it is going to change some things get other books or whatever green lantern we, we haven't had a real proper Green Lantern deal in a while, and that's already proper. something that I want to see. We just had You know one. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, really. But again, I want one with the core and guy and all themselves. They were all there. They were just depowered and terrible. Yeah, yeah. Nobody liked that. But and and people who argued. Did, did, what do we do with Starheart at the end of that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, but there's the hell, right? Xerox, the big... You know, the, the wizard planet yeah, of Xerox. Xerox was trying to unleash the Starheart to bring magic back to the world and punish the Guardians. I mean, it, that that oh, it's nonsense, nonsense. Seven out of ten for Dark <laughs> Crisis number two. I think the art's amazing. It looks like an event series. We have some amazing action with amazing characters that I love seeing in this. It's just overall the story fails to impress right now, and it still feels like I'm waiting for the story to start, even though I'm still enjoying most of the issue of it, but 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 7.8. I'm a little higher. I, I would have gone to an 8 if we really did have an eight for the first something issue. more. Yeah, I think that I was like an 8.5. So, you know, we're kind of going that that kind of, you know, parallel deal. The, the thing, like I said, and you just said, you need more. It can happen. I mean, next issue might be balls to the wall, awesome or whatever. It's just that I worry that it's just going to kind of meander a bit and then shove stuff, and we are worried. Because Joshua Williamson is not, you know, great with endings, we think. And and it's not even just the endings. It's like things start changing. And the details. Or the ending. And the, yeah, things kind of get pushed aside. Now, you can't do that in a crisis. Crisis, are, I don't know if you know this. And Eric, in my opinion, you can't do it in a flashbook, but that didn't stop him during his run. You should, well, seriously, you shouldn't do it any time. But when you're already like, oh, he threw the bomb. I'm like, what? 
That don't make no sense. Is I mean, it when it's as easy to just have one of these kids or somebody just to do things, teleport somebody out, do all that. I'm telling you, that's the thing is I'm going to become a comic book writer and the way I'm going to end every issue is the most balls to the wall cliffhanger you can imagine, right? You'd start the next issue. I'm just going to have a single character in front of red curtains on a stage tell you, they averted that. Let's move on. That it would be funny if you're on Batman and every and they still do. Some people try it all the time. And- it's just like Bart Simpson or Marge Simpson walking out for those early episodes of the Treehouse of Horror to tell you how scary it was. That's how the character would walk out and tell you all that stuff you came back to see. Oh no, that's already. Please, over. when you do that. that. Make fun of the readers as well. Go like, really? You really thought that was happening? You maroons. That'd be funny, Eric. That's how you get fans. Batman 125 is next. Batman 125. It is the start of a new run. Chip Starsky said that he's going to be on this book for years. And when I saw that, I'm like, please stop doing your nonsense. You don't have to announce nonsense that may not happen, please. That's all it is. Why are you doing it? But written by Chip Starsky, art by Jorge Jimenez. Timu Moray and Clayton Cowles, a backup, Two Birds, One Throne, uh, written by Chip Zdarsky, Balin Ortega, Luis Guerrero, and Clayton Cowles on art with that. You think the Batman needs a backup? No. I think that it's just to get some Catwoman in, which is odd because she does have her own book, and it felt weird, like almost like you're fighting against Teeny Howard's book. A backup of Catwoman, what the Catwoman series is already doing its own thing, and what we get out of this seems to be ahead of time for what the Catwoman's actually doing in her own book. Yeah, yeah. And so with that, and also Valmont's coming in all sexy. Well, no, no, no. Like, Valmont's already banging Selena. I'm like, that didn't happen in the book yet. Weird, what are you doing? Because I don't know if he's just, that's like, oh my God, no, he was just banging. making coffee. I don't know. They're, they're in their underwear. <laughs> he's making coffee. But you end up where this goes and you have Chip Sadarsky jump on here. There's a couple things that I don't like what he announced beforehand. And I think people reacted too much to them. But the one thing is, I'm going to be on the book for years. Well, you don't know that. When somebody says that, that scares me. Because then they start thinking, well, I don't really have to push the pedal to the metal because I'm going to have 100 issues. Now, I, I hope that that's not the case. But the other thing, Chip Zdarsky, I don't know why he had to come out and say, listen, this story is going to have Batman's doomsday. When you start saying stuff like that, people will push back at it. Oh, I thought Bane was already that. Oh, I thought this. I thought that. And when you end up with this by the end, you only get a cliffhanger. People are already reacting to this failsafe. Like, I don't even know why, because we don't know what it really is, what it will be. I'm intrigued by the story. And I think that we do get some things that I like with Chip Zdarsky grabbing some things from the past couple runs. And even, you know, maybe even some even further than that and trying to maybe eventually tie up some loose ends, maybe make some things work out, things like that. And I am intrigued by that. Maybe we'll get Alfred back in this. Maybe we'll end up getting Bruce and some money back. All that stuff going on and some characters like the Underbroker and the backup that I never thought would come about. But even the thing with Tim Drake, and I was wondering if you like Tim Drake as kind of the Robin here, if it's permanent, if it's whatever. I love Tim Drake as the Robin. We're in his proper Robin costume here, and he is being the Robin to Batman's Batman. I'm like, Yes, this is exactly what I want. While Damien's off doing his own thing, why not have Tim Drake in here be like, you know, front and center? Because I don't care what anybody says. He is the best Robin. Oh, my goodness. I still think it's Dick Grayson. Come on, at me, bro. Yeah, yeah. You're aware. (laughs) It starts off and Bruce is, you know, dreaming. It says another time he's having this dream of does set up that 
you know, this whole deal with bail safe robot. But it's weird. Like it's like it's already going off. Well, we talked about before the idea of what starts like the whole idea of the fail safe robot. If Batman ever, it seems to me at least, if Batman ever crosses the line, he has his own fail safe to take him out before he ever becomes weird. Which because we already have a Batman who laughs, so I feel like that would have already like done something with this, but. We've talked about previously where the, the personal perception has been that Batman has murdered somebody in the past. And maybe that's why the beep, beep, beeps were there until it maybe. finally Maybe. I don't know. I even got that, that like another time it might have been some sort of craziness. But with that, you end up three Jokers. People saw that ahead of time. They flipped out. Oh, what is it? It's, it's a dream. You, dream. you pretty much could the figure Jokers that out. The Jokers have murdered all of the Bat family. Batman, Bruce Wayne wakes up in a freaking sweat and a half. Oh, my God. I better call my ex. Like every man does. I had a nightmare. Don't call here anymore. We have a straining order against you. God. Yeah, really. And in that, he even says stuff like, I never dream unless I want to. I use my subconscious to piece together a mystery. You and Superman. Well, never a nightmare. (laughs) That kind of plays out in something a little later that I'll ask you about. But also, he's got some big junk in the deal there. Holy moly. And those boxer briefs or the tidy whities They're actually like brown, though. But he does call Selena. And he's like, hey there, Selena, what's up? And she's like, yeah, I'm a little busy with the Valmonts, who what do you call me for? I'm t- uh, don't don't you know since you're the world's greatest detective that I'm banging somebody else right now? Yeah, the thing is, I don't know how that will progress in the regular book because in the regular Sex. Catwoman book, he he's a murderer. She doesn't like him. She's staying away from him. She di- she's disgusted by him. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Everything you just said to me, I was just going to lead to her banging him just like Buffy and Spike. thought the play was going to be a little misdirect. So you're telling me in this scenario where, where Bruce Wayne can't see what's actually going on, what Chip Zdarsky's doing in the first issue was on is making us jealous for Bruce. Maybe. I don't know. But you end up where he's there, hey, and she's like, oh, I can't talk right now. Who'd I like get that. Valmont comes in and he's like yelling too loud. Hey, who are you talking there on the phone? You getting the takeouts? So you end up where he's like, all right, I got to go. And you have that set up. And it's weird because I thought that's all we were going to get. With Selena in this, that we were going to go like, let's do a walking tour of Bruce Wayne's life. But she ends up coming back in the, you know, the backup uh, hard and heavy. But he ends up where he's trying to figure some things out and that there are, you know, things going on and he's going to go. And I like this where, you know, Mariko Tamaki didn't like to have Batman go around as Batman and punch people. She And you get that. You get some action here. You end up having a pretty cool scene where. You have a hostage situation and Batman, we haven't seen him just come out of the shadows and just wallop a guy, especially when he sees that this guy has already committed murder. He thought he was going to go in and stop this whole deal. But this guy has already killed them when he sees. And these are people that he knew as well as Bruce Wayne. Colin and Clara Fitzroy. And this is this almost comes off brutal. I can't tell you that the like I love the art in this, but I can't exactly tell you how much goes on here with the way that the action plays out because Batman socks this guy, knocks him out of a freaking window, but also has him strung up for the police, stuff like that. But when he sees that, you know, it's Colin and Claire, friends of his from, you know, Bruce Wayne's life, not Batman's, obviously. He jumps out to the window, grabs the hold of this guy and rips him down and does that whole thing, right? Like hanging him over, like doing that whole thing that Christian Bale does, like, you know, swear to me, kind of shit. Like who pulled, like you pulled the trigger, who hired you, who did this? And that's when we get the idea that the Penguin is having his last laugh right now. And it's such a weird situation where it's your first issue. And not only are you going to try to make us jealous for Bruce Wayne about what Selena Kyle is doing in her spare time, but you're also going to kill the Penguin off in your first issue. One of my favorite Batman villains. I have a statue of him sitting here right in front of me. Wah, wah, wah. And the first thing you do is murder one of my and favorite we'll see villains. How dare you? Again, and when I think that he, when he goes, he has him hanging there. And it's then another he, clay face. 
And he pulls him back in and starts, you know, yelling at him and roughing him up and like, why'd you do this? Who sent you all that stuff going on? And then you see Penguin, who seems to be announcing. And the, the thing is, it reminds me, you know, is this Rady Riddle or radio? It, it more reminds me of Rachel Ghoul, a guy who's like, OK, listen, I'm going to give you this. I'm mad about stuff. I'm killing anyone in Gotham who's inherited over five million dollars unless they give that money away to the people of the city. And it's funny because we know that. You know, he's not a self-made man. He inherited money, but he says, I'm not like all those other rich billionaires, well, those also, assholes. His family on top of it did shun him, depending on what background. Like, if we're just doing a post-Christ of, like, he, he was he was brought into money, but they really didn't like him as much. Neither did the rest of the league. Still, though, he's telling Gotham, I'm not like them. I didn't inherit my money. He didn't. Batman calls him out on it. You know what, Danny DeVito looking dude? I trust you, obviously. <laughs> Because this is a very Batman Returns-looking penguin. Yeah, and you know that everybody in Gotham, they're just awful. They were listening to Riddler doing that stupid deal. And Well, also, freaking Penguin owns the best lounge slash casino in Gotham. Why wouldn't I trust his ass? There ain't nothing else to do here but die. Penguin ends up saying, you know, I'm going to start killing all these people that inherited at least $5 million. I'm going to go and get them. And if you end up, you know, dying and leave it to your family i'm gonna kill them you have to donate it you have to do something with it it it. really just seems that he's mad he's upset he says in a little bit that he's just pissed because nobody liked him dusty Rhodes, the penguin over here the american dream yeah really he's having sex with penguins nobody wants anything near him why is it that you loved like quoting tom king but don't like anything he writes we have a bunch of tom king in this and at the end i'm expecting when selena goes and finds these 10 kids three of them are penguins but he ends up where Batman's trying to figure this out, but you have Tim Drake there trying to be the light that he is, kind of saying, yeah, Bruce, listen. Ever since you lost your money, you have barely been Bruce Wayne. You've just been doing Batman stuff day and night, and the idea is like, you know, without the money, I don't get the invitations I used to as Bruce Wayne, but what I did get was this one gal over here, like, you know that the Penguin is going to strike out, because he can't help himself, because all of the elite in Gotham are going to be here, so it's up to me and you, buddy. You and me, Batman and Robin, old school style, we're going to go stop the Penguin and save everybody's ass over here. Yeah, and when he's saying that, he says, listen, I don't need to be that Bruce Wayne deal, this lets me be more more of the Batman. I'm doing the work. And Tim says you're doing it too much. You need you not just you need it for your identity or whatever. You need that downtime a bit. You need to have that Bruce Wayne time where you don't go out and try to, you know, you save the city. You need to bang the horse, Bruce. Come to on. Also, you got to remember that Alfred died and maybe deal with that and stuff like that as well, as well as just, you know, the money and things like that. So he Batman just is like, yeah, and in and, and a little bit, it keeps going because he doesn't go to see Tim in the hospital from what ends up happening. But he says, I'll use Bruce Wayne for this. I'm ending up, I'm going to go to this gala. Bruce Wayne can still get an invite to that. And you have Tim. And I like Tim being the smart kid, you know, kind of saying, well, why would they have this? There's no way they'll have this. They're going to cancel it. No, they do this nonsense. Like these people don't cancel this. I'm telling you, this whole idea of this book where I'm telling you, I actually do enjoy this take the chips he has on the Batman here. It is a very cynical Batman, though. It's a very dark, almost Miller-esque take that he has for the Dark Knight right now. Because even when Tim is talking to him, like, why won't Gotham cancel this? Penguin has already put out a threat for all the elites. Like, it's not the hardest part of this job that the city wants to die. I kind of like that, though. No, no, and I'm telling you, though, it is cool, the idea. But, like, that is a very cynical it's very like, Batman cynical. who has given up, it seems you like. You know what I like about this? I like, and, and with some characters, with some situations, I mean, some that you should be continuing. He doesn't have the money that he did at one point. He calls Selena that. But it is a thing where a lot of these people, a lot of these recently deal, you know, Tom King ends, Tynan comes in, 
And you almost are like, well, that Tom King stuff doesn't, you know, it's not going to be that involved. We'll go. This actually feels like a Batman who has been beaten down by all of that nonsense. I mean, if you hated the Tom King stuff with Bane, you feel like that has beaten him down in this. You end up having all the, the stuff war, going on. The all of them. I mean, Fear State, that's the thing. When he says the city wants to die, uh, yeah, they, they keep having problems. And even in that, uh, you know, throw in Detective Comics, even after all that, and you could play it off of saying, well, Marika Tamaki didn't know what she was doing, whatever. But so you, that city wanted to die there too, or Mr. Worth's going to kill everybody with bazooka because his daughter was killed. When you're playing it, why not treat everything almost, you know, seriously? Because you should. It's in continuity of this city. I am fighting for the life of the city, and it doesn't want to live. Like everything I do, Bruce is the one without money. Bruce is the one who with gets that the crap idea, kicked out though, of him. I still don't know why he's going to be Batman because it's a losing battle no matter what for him now with that state of mind. Yeah, with that, though, I think that he's there too. And I think the play, Tim's there to get that light back, maybe to get that spark back. And then I think that Batman thinks that at one point, like, I got to teach the city to not want to die eventually before I'm done. But he ends up well, going off. That's I'm the like, weirdest part because even if you talk about, you know, everything feels like it's matters here and it's really hit home for Bruce at this point in time. You just even start out that Tom King thought he wants to die. Is this a good death after? Because all I want to do is die good. I think that Chip Sadarsky is like doing it a little wants. different. Like he's mentioning the idea of this city just wants to die. But he doesn't. I mean, that's why I think it's a better take than Tom King did. Tom King wants a suicidal Batman that just has had enough. I think that this Chip Zdarsky Batman will never have enough. He just is pissed now. Eventually, you're going to talk. It's like one of those things you're trying to help one of your buddies. And you're going to be positive to him. But when you go home and talk to somebody else, you're like, this asshole, he won't even get it, whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I I got that feeling. And I got the feeling of him trying to get all of the different deals. I was talking to earlier today. He's just a goddamn man. Exactly. You're like, this guy keeps bitching and moaning about not feeling good. And that's nothing about it. Like like, Every day, he wants to tell me his life story. I'm like, calm down. But yeah, when you go and he's like, okay, I'll use the Bruce Wayne again. And he goes up. But it's for a... A deal, and I like this too because it's just Bruce a little bit disguise to get in. Yeah, and it's a little subtle deal, but I love the fact that we finally get a Bruce Wayne that isn't duped. He actually knows exactly now. Overall, he's being he is duped, duped. <laughs> but now, but in this, he knows exactly the mo of what the Penguin would do. What they'd oh, end yeah, up. The Penguin's going like, to be here no matter this. what, and he's going to use gas. So, Tim, I'm going to go in here as Bruce Wayne. You go in as Robin, and you either check this part over here, and if it's not over here, it's going to be in the boiler system because I know that the Penguin is going to use gas to kill everybody. Okay, I found it, Bruce. Here's this gas extinguisher, like this gas tube with an umbrella attached. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, and you can laugh, and you could say that, oh, Jim, like that's idiotic because he gets duped, like we said, but. Most of the people reading this issue end up having one big, big problem. It's that the penguin goes a little off of what he usually does. This doesn't feel like the penguin. That's why I think it works. This is something with the penguin setting up a murder and killing himself. You would Nobody's going to think that, even this, a Batman. I'm telling you, this needs to be retconned somehow, and I can't think of a decent way to do it. Because even the Dark idea where crisis. we have the penguin show up here like at the gala and tell everybody how they're going to die. And then Batman's stopping him. We just find out that it's a Quayface, you know, impersonator of the like, penguin knew you'd be here. That's why he hired me to do this, this, and the other thing. And the idea, you know, when you have the penguin dying in a hospital room, has set all this stuff up to kill all the elite for his own little last laugh for the pet and for then Batman to show up and like, you know, be, be like, you know, the idea that 
he is seen at Penguin's bedside when Penguin gives himself a cyanide pill and ends up dying right there. When the, and everybody says, oh my God, the Batman killed Penguin. It is the last left of Penguin for his own death scene. And this is the legacy that he wants to go out on. I need him to come back somehow because this can't be the last bit for Oswald Kalapai. <laughs> but how do you come back from this? Well, they ended up talking about the deal Another that it didn't look face. like because he's, he's mercury poisoned. He ends up then they say. Too much tuna. He's going to die that night. He's not going to survive the night, they say. Did, did you like the idea that it's mercury poison, though, just because he's eaten too much fish? Or the sardines that he's always all that nonsense. It got him. It, it would. The thing is, I'm worried about that, too, for some reason. I have no idea why. Yeah. So when he does that, it's like one of those like last deal. Well, I'm going to die in like three hours, but screw it. I'm going to screw you. I think that that's bad ass. But even before that, you end up in this gala. They end up you know, solving all these deals, and Tim Drake gets shot. And it's very similar to you know nightwing getting shot dick grayson by kg beast in the tom king run a regular goon that shoots him in the throat (laughs) yeah he ends up getting him but you get shot in the throat in an artery you might die and so he ends up having to take him to the hospital again it's kind of a funny play because i mentioned legends earlier that's something that happens in legends uh you end up having jason todd get the crap kicked out of him and he has to go to the hospital and there's that whole idea of oh my god you know i might end up you know going with secret identity still that's the one thing that uh, doesn't jive with me here because you end up having Tim Drake get shot, Robin get shot, Batman yeah. then is supposedly kills the penguin. And it seems like that's the case because, oh, he did that because he was mad about Robin getting shot. Out of nowhere, they just think, we'll take Robin's uniform off and just have, who, how many people are getting shot in the neck? That they, this is a gala. This is Everything Gotham. is reported, but it's reported. There's no way that people aren't going to say, Okay, uh, yeah, that's Robin, but you, you play with that. Even when Batman's walking around, it's a badass look where he still has his suit on. For some reason, I'll tell you this, belt. the idea where, you know, Robin brings in Batman's utility belt and hides it like above the bathroom tile work and stuff like that. But the idea that you have Bruce Wayne showing up and for him to become Batman, he just takes off the suit jacket, puts on a cowl and has a utility belt. That look of Batman, for some reason, with just a white button down shirt and like, sl- like you know, classy slacks. I'm like, mm-hmm. For some reason, this looks amazing. I have it no does idea look why. amazing. It does look amazing. But I think that, like, where is Sandy? Is date? Like, I think that looks like Bruce Wayne. She's dead, Eric. Uh, but yeah, you end up where Clayface you know is impersonating. Because I never once thought about what happened to Sandy. Yeah, this. what happened to her? My boy Tim Drake was shot in the throat. Now, who gives a shit about Sandy? But now that you bring up, I'm like, how did she get home that night? Did she have an Uber? What's going she on? She got killed. She, she connected things too well. You end up, though, with Clayface. You have that deal where Clayface is impersonating the penguin at this point. And you do end up having Batman say, listen, well, another time that I was around you, I ended up making this thing that will blow up. I ended up, you know, it's almost like a suicide squad thing. doesn't really work well too much with a clay face, but I guess it's like some formula that he put in and he might be lying. You know, it might no, be he's one of totally his things lying. that he's this bluffing. Is the idea. He's bluffing because like clay face shows up. It's like, I injected you with a formula I've been working on to turn your clay into something more explosive. You, you couldn't have. Try me. Save these people and tell me where the penguin is or I'll blow you sky high. And that's the thing. If Clayface is smart, he's like, but that wouldn't save the people then. They'll blow up. But I like the idea that if he hit that, what do you think that is? What is that trigger there? Does he just have a dummy trigger? He has like, it's just a prop that he has. And then as he's leaving, he gives him a lollipop. for something, but he's not like attached to anything or activated anything. So it's just a dummy switch. I just want him to hit it. And all of a sudden you see this uh, garage door open downtown. It's just some stupid deal. But he ends up doing that. 
that is the the dupe there. But when they get to and like the you hospital, said before we actually got on the idea of the, like with all the continuity, it would have been nice if we added in the idea of the not the last time we saw him, but when he was a part of the you know, the Gotham Knights during Detective Comics from that James Tynan did. Because the idea, you know, Clayface, Basil Carlo did break our hearts a little bit because he became a good guy. He's working with Batwoman, Tim Drake, spoiler, and the rest. And now he's just back to bad, being a bad guy. I'm like, ah, Clayface, you came so far just to fall back down. You were a second chancer. Yep, he was a second. I think that would have been a smart play for him to do that, to go with the idea of, hey, Clayface, when you were part of the Gotham Knights, when you were in the Detective Comics deal with me, I knew eventually you were going to go bad, so I did this. And that would be a hard-hitting thing for Clayface. That would be a pretty, like, Really? Like, you didn't think that I was going to be good? Like, almost like he'd be so upset about that. It'd be a nice thing we deal. saw him, besides for that weird lead into Dark Crisis where he was trying to steal a freaking mother box that was on display, the last time we saw him was saving Alley Town with Catwoman in her own book, dressed like Slam Bradley. So, yeah, you end, yeah, you end up where Batman has to take Tim to the hospital. Tim's very and worried about the identity. And put him back in his civilian skivvies because we can't, like... And I actually like this part really much. With him. He's going to go and blow it all. It's like, all right, we're taking you to the hospital. We can't get the Leslie Thompson zombie. We can't get anywhere we need to be in time. I got to take you to the hospital because you can die on me. And I'm not having another Robin or another son die on me and stuff like that. And Tim, being the like voice of Batman, being the voice of Robin, and always like, you know, you put the mission first, kind of Tim Drake here. You will lose everything. They, I am too close to Bruce Wayne for this not to make a connection here. You freaking, you know, you're not taking me to hospital. If you do, you take my costume off. And yeah, Batman thinking, you know, with Jason and oh my God, you know, the mission was always first, man. You're seeing that maybe he's going to change. And with this, I really wish though, you have three panels there and enough on that side that you could have even had the deal where you also mentioned Damien or even Dick Grayson getting shot in the head. I mean, this has happened to each of the Robins there like that, and they've had very similar situations. I'm pretty sure I've seen Flamingo shoot Dick Grayson in the back yeah, of the head. Yeah, that's Batman. what I'm saying. I mean, I, just recently that you could tie it into what's going on. You could have those panels directly. You could see Damien getting the, you know, the sword and all that where Batman could say, you know, the mission is really, you know, not the greatest. And he, you know, he knows this, but this is kind of him realizing. But I do like this next deal because you turn the page and you end up having what looks like it's like yep tim drake he's gonna die he ain't gonna make it the night oh it's actually the penguin and there's batman with him and penguin i it's it's kind of sad i don't feel that bad for the penguin because of what he's doing he's got shit all over his face because he's a goddamn hot mess he's like i i can't catch a break and that's we said about the idea that oh man people always treated me like shit they never invited me to the table per se but the idea also is, I think, with Penguin, like, jerk, I did. Yeah. And but even then, look at me. I made all this money and I fought all that. Now I'm dying because I ate sardines like that can't even help me. My money can't help me now. And I like when he's like, look at you, Batman, you billionaire. I'm not a billionaire. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you have? A sugar daddy? You do too much things without. You have to have some money. And he ends up saying, like, eventually you were going to be the last guy. But time's a ticking, and he does end up taking a cyanide pill to make it as he calls the nurse. And that's a pretty cool last play. It's pretty badass for the Penguin. It's a shame that he's dead. But I said at one point, and I said, as we get towards the, you know, December when Dark Crisis ends, if we start seeing a lot of deaths, that something's up then. Something of a reset reboot, something at the end of Wishing Machine. I don't know. Something that'll drive you nuts of that. But I wonder what the play is here because Race just died. We end up having Oswald dying. Like these sort of things we'll have to see. 
how it plays out, but it is shocking. And you would think, but again, remember we had all these theories, like not even theories, but we said, oh, Rache had to have had a plan here. He didn't. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember like, how huh? things played out because even back in the day with the Joker's last laugh when the Joker thought he was dying, was going to have this big shebang kind of thing, like taking over everybody with Joker venom. And so like said, it was, I can't remember how that ending. I'm like, maybe he just didn't have a brain tumor and that's how it ended. But like, whenever you have this big, like, you know, this big ending for a villain. This is the last thing they're going to do to be their last hoorah and make Batman look like a piece of shit. That's fine. But for some reason, whenever you have that, then it's always a less when the character then comes back or you find out it was a dupe or something along those lines. And you can't have somebody in my mind who was one of the top three Batman villains to say, all right, fuck it. I'm going to die now. Yeah. And a guy who's kind of, I mean, he can't catch a break. He's getting shot in the eye by Jason Todd. No, no, he's not. Look at him here. His eye's fine. Oh, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that he'll be fine after Dark Crisis. We'll have to see what's going Didn't on. But he I also do. have his throat slip by Deathstroke. Yeah, the yeah. War. We had all these things going on. This guy's pretty resilient. So, you know, cyanide mercury poisoning i do like the idea where Can't the nurse keep comes a good in down. hey you called us there and i i just like that the question marks and the exclamation oh no we're bad well, at this point freaking, somebody just saw a solid snake and that freaking like I'm telling you, i love it i should have had that for the sound effect because it made me laugh like oh man Batman's like oh crap i am <laughs> so much for my stealth oh game. my god and yeah that again that is the penguin being swept. But Batman at this point, he's a little off. Tim Drake's in the hospital. I just, I really did like that. Penguin got you, Bruce, you big dummy. And and the funny play is here is kind of Chip Zdarsky playing that deal of, you know, what makes a good Batman? Would it be better if, and we've had plays on this. We even have with Jason Todd and stuff. And even I Am Batman did it recently. The idea of Batman's, ba- oh man, Batman doesn't kill. Like, oh my God. Now the word on the street is, and it's one of those where Batman actually says, crime's down, which is good, but I didn't want this shit. I mean, I don't want to be a killer, but that is crime's he down. Talks about it so nonchalant. He almost seems like, you know, because he almost, he's, he's even says his narration here, how he's lost. But when t- talking to Oracle about like what's been going on, Batman's a murderer. He hasn't talk, gone you and seen Tim. You haven't gone and seen Tim Drake in the yeah. hospital. But when he talks about like, and technically things are okay because crime's down because they think I might kill them now. I'm like, oh, that's a weird thing to think because it is you, like working on the, the superstition and cowardly lot, the whole thing that you play on, you also don't want them to cross that line because while like, you know, I guess villains to this point have realized that Batman won't kill, he won't cross that line. So we don't have to worry about that. And this doesn't feel like something that the Batman would actually want. Well, that's the thing. I think that he's trying to make excuses up like, well, I know it's not a great thing, but at least the crime's down. You know, hey, like, we got even that. Even says here, I'm fine. Penguin grossly overestimated the damage that it would cause. If anything, it's helped. I'm like, oh. And then he says, I'm lost, which right after he starts, you know, I think that that's the play. I think he's trying to convince himself, hey, maybe this is okay and whatnot. But the big play here, what it looks like is, is that he has set up his own contingency plan. He has set up a thing and I... I like the play here that you have the, you know, the Batcave that's been abandoned. You end up having the mansion abandoned. So with that, nobody would know that this has been activated. They're not there and it does activate. And I like the idea of a contingency plan of that. But I just want to know what it's set up for. I said to you, like, what is it? TMZ reports? Because Batman, even in the detective comics, it was put out. Oh, my God, he might be a murderer. He was the last person that saw this girl and that girl. So. You kind of have to look past well, maybe that. Maybe it's he's uh, Bruce Wayne was the last person said, not Batman. Maybe, maybe. You, you, I'm telling you, you have to kind of look past that. But one of the funny things that I thought, not funny, but one of the things I was thinking when I was reading it the second time is at the beginning, and I said I'd get back to it, the idea that he's like, I fight things 
in my subconscious. I use dreams to fight things. And this actually reminds me of that Zoran R. Batman that Grant Morrison yeah. had in the RIP where- Wasn't a fan. <laughs> it, I know. A, a lot of people didn't like it. but A lot of people did love it there too. If he was compromised mentally, this other persona would come out and end up taking over and was just a badass, you know, being miserable and whatnot. But here's some Silver Age nonsense that breaks out in your mind. This kind of reminds me of like the next phase. Plus, I like this idea that Batman is always doing stupid shit with AI and robots and things. He's always messing up. I love this. It. This does feel like the play here where if anything happens, where Batman has created a contingency plan in case he ever crosses the line where this, this robot, the failsafe will take him out in case. But also I was talking in the Slack earlier this week before I'd read it, people were talking about it. So I had no real context, but it might also be an idea where Tim Drake knows the Titans of tomorrow, where he eventually becomes the Batman and crosses the line and becomes a bad guy. Maybe Tim Drake set this up for himself in case he, his future comes Maybe. true. And that's why Tim Drake's actually in this series. Because you remember, his Batman would eventually then become savior, as we saw before. Uh, that's cool. And yeah, and with that, I like, like I said, I like some of the plays. Like if you sit there and some of the other things of the idea, if this failsafe would be the normal deal, usually... Maybe uh, Kal-El would come in, and say, but he's not there. He's off planet. He's, you know, all these things going well, on. Batman has all these briefcases full of the, you know, the, the weaknesses of all his Just League teammates. This robot just happens to be his own. He can't, he can't count on his asshole friends to take him out. He's got to do it himself. Well, I want, I want that to be the deal where they find out about this and like, man, we had some good moments when he said that we were the contingency plan for him. <laughs> it was always like that. Hey, well, I'm Superman. What no, is the no, contingency no. plan? You are my friend now. No, it was. It's this. But maybe you'd even have it's like beep boop, Superman off planet. But then we go off to the backup, which is the Catwoman deal, and it's dealing with the penguin's death and his will and things like that. And you do have Chip Zdarsky bringing a lot of stuff, especially stuff that seemed to be heavy on that first arc of the teeny Howard Catwoman that we like. So I actually oh, yeah, you like got the, the Like the, the crime families of Gotham coming out of this whole thing, like, you know, Ico and stuff like that. And even the idea of Finbar Sullivan, now that the penguin's gone, he's like, look, I ain't fucking around. I am taking control of the iceberg lounge. This is my new place. Ico's freaking Yakuza, like, you know, nin like samurai shopping. We're going to take control of this place. And Wonder Woman, I'm Wonder Woman, Catwoman is stuck in the middle to the point where the underbroker and his executor of, of Penguin's will, a robot man, have to show up and say, look, seven days, we'll read the will. Until then, you can go fuck yourselves because you ain't taking control of nothing because my robot executor over here, he'll kill you. And I like Finbar there. He says, well, I don't think that I'm one of the people that would be in an actual will. Uh, when that person does get the stuff, can I kill him? Are oh, you yeah. going to be That's there fine. to take it over? And they're like, oh, I as long as I get my job done, you can do whatever you want. He's just a robot. And he's like, all right. Yeah, you could do that. And he's like, all right, I'll be back in eight days. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you, you tell who get it. I'm going to come and kill him. You can let him know because I'm coming back and killing. And I kind of did like that. I don't know that I like the executor. It's kind of goofy. This whole he's a robot AI man lawyer. robot. Who do you think ended up making him? Is it a Lex thing? No, it's Professor Ivo. You think that it's just he couldn't pay his bills? Yeah. So you have all this stuff going on, and uh, it's okay. I mean, it it ends up tying a lot of the current deal, and I like that when we see this. You know, he's paying attention. It's just weird that you're doing this that almost overshadows teeny howard's book right now but this actually feels like that first arc which we really like so i don't mind and yeah you end up when the executor comes to selena kyle and says you know what i need you to help me i don't know i he says i can't just go around and i'm a robot and i like the idea I he's, noticing that, but I'm I like, he's like i'm a robot but then he goes listen 
I was going to get paid for doing this, but what am I going to do? Get robot pants and Sunny D? I don't have any need for this money. You take the money. $500,000. $500,000. It means nothing to him. It's nuts and bolts, Eric. We're all screwed. He ends up saying, you go and find these children of the penguin. That ends up being, I mean, obviously it's a, you know, a scavenger hunt, but we'll see. We'll see what that does. You th- you I think don't know that here, we the, need it. The executor is like, you know, with quietus from Silencer's book with Leviathan, where he's just used to be, where he just used to be a man, but now he's a freaking <laughs> robot man. <laughs> yes, I think so. I don't know. He's just like he quietus. Ends up saying, he ends up saying, though, that, you know, the underbroker says that he ended up, somebody couldn't, I don't know. He's kind of weird, somebody though. I mean, I don't guy, mind him. Money. He gave me a robot man. He's a lawyer. <laughs> Don't make the guy a 12-foot robot lawyer. I'm telling you, the thing is, I look at this guy, and all I think of is that 90s wrestler Erwin R. Scheister, IRS from the Million <laughs> yes. Dollar Man, because the, like the, gigantic, the gigantic tax man with the big guns. Oh, yeah. Well, you know that that's the case. He takes off that coat, and he doesn't have sleeves. You know, he's, he's going to be there. He's got suspenders and no sleeves, because he's a badass. It'd but I will tell you this, the idea of hunting down the eight children illegitimate children of is like, it eight Mr. or is Cobblepot. it ten? Oh, is the thing is is it ten okay for some reason i have eight in my mind yeah ten people he needs to find that are the children of oswald Cobblepot. one of them better be ethan Cobblepot, the black son that we saw in the batgirl series previously well yeah and so when we it's funny too because as you said that about the irs i also thought of in the simpsons when homer was watching the wrestling and you had the iron yuppie who was going around with almost the same exact deal but even with that, when you have, I like the idea where there's the robot and he says, listen, Cobblepot, that guy liked to get busy. He ended up saying where he goes, apparently yep. Mr. Cobblepot was a rather beloved gentleman because he's a robot. He don't get it there. I love you, robot. You say the nicest things about gross stuff. I, this is almost like the idea that I almost think, and I don't know that we're going to get the executor in all these issues or whatever, but I want him there. I wish that he was going with because I think he could be the breakout character that we ended up loving like quiet. I just don't know why we need this. I know maybe it doesn't but he's work like for small Teeny wonder Howard, era. But, but I he's don't big know wonder. why this couldn't just be the Catwoman series to be like be a tie-in series with the Batman book where you're going off and doing this, but maybe it's just because Teeny Howard wants to do her own thing. Well, even then, how about this? Take it the other way, which is weird. The idea that Teeny Howard comes on and a lot of times it seems that the books aren't like pitched. You know, Teeny Howard just gets hired. We have a story for you. You tell it. And then they realize, wait a minute, Chip Zdarsky wants to do something in the backup with these characters. So all of a sudden go off with Harley. And maybe it did end up making that book take a swerve so you can get this. But it is weird. You're almost giving, you know, Teeny Howard like the shove off to have a more important and cool you know, Selena Kyle Catwoman's story in this. It is very odd and not having it. And the regular book is then you sell two books, Eric. I, you know, that well, makes I'm telling sense. You, right now, the thing is, this is the Catwoman that I want to read and a backup to Batman only because the last two issues with the Harley Quinn to like, you know, books of the Catwoman series have been awful. And they've been awful. I mean, that the, the first part of her arc, like four issues or whatever it was, were good. But then it ended so out of suddenly it ended and then you get awful things. This is good. I like yeah. this, but it is a shame. But it again, is a shame that you, know you can't have is, it over there. It's a scavenger hunt. And you know how I can't stand this. I know you can't. Boy, I wish that the, the black yeah, son, Jimmy. I, I wish the, the executor. I wish that he was going with there. It'd be so great. You know, it would be good. He is the he is he could be the new breakout sidekick character. He that would we always be. Wanted. I think he would have been. The robot it would have been just like the robot. I mean, right there, you have the robot lawyer. You can't go wrong there. <laughs> and just the idea of him trying because he's very much 
Like if you ask him something, he's not going to cut corners. He has to tell the truth and just her. It, it's like the Terminator trying to get him to. Oh, you gotta, you gotta no lay problem, low. Right oh, be so cool. Oh my god, breakout character. But what would you give this? I like this a lot, even though it's a more cynical Batman that I was not like. Not even that I'm not used to, but I, I didn't want through all the stuff that we had previously because I just want this whole idea where we can get a like a a Bat family heavy. Like, oh, I, I hope love we your man it. kind of situation because I just want to have a hopeful kind of Batman. This is a lost, cynical Batman. It threw me off first, but I think the storytelling is spot on. I get my Tim Drake back. I get a badass Penguin plot, and I get something hopefully cool out of this, and a better Catwoman than we've seen in our last two issues of our own series for the last two months, an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going 8-5. And with that, I like the idea of the cynical Batman just because we have only had Batman being beaten down, beaten down. You can't just start a run where, hey, look at me, everybody. I'm a happy guy and whatever. I like the play of... We might get there eventually, and I think we will. But I've been saying that since Tom King's run. I mean, yeah, but even then, when Tynan came on, remember what his play was when he came in? It was, I'm going to have all this tech, one thing of tech each deal, and I'm going to expand with all sorts of villains and stuff. It never felt like, oh, we're going to have the hopeful deal. We wanted more Batman. That was more of the deal because of Catwoman being pretty much the one that was wearing the pants. But in this, I like that Chip Zdarsky comes in and what has happened, some people didn't like the last couple of years of Batman. That's beaten him down a bit. And he does feel down. His money's gone. All that Alfred's gone. He doesn't have Alfred to kick him. But it's also beaten me down as a reader. And I was hoping for something a little Again, bit more Again, though, I think that it was a little bit in this where I, I like that Tim Drake's there. Yeah, he gets he is shot. The, he but, is the white. I still enjoy so that And so you have that. I like Batman, but even he's if he's cynical. Back. He actually punches oh, no. a guy. And, you know, you actually have him doing some things. Because when we say Batman, I'm also including Detective Comics in there as well. So... Yeah, I liked it. I actually liked this 8.5 for me. And I think the art in both of the stories oh, is really, really good. really good. And I love Selena and I like the Selena. This is the smart Selena. Bagging Valmont Selena. Getting some, you know, dough. And I don't see him there in the, in the apartment afterwards, right? Who knows? Eric? Well, no, that was uh, a booty call. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. No, it'd be funny if they actually have that scene in the Catwoman deal, and like, oh, he was just there. He's just sleeping there. It was I'm telling night you, out. it almost feels like a dupe because even though Bruce doesn't know, it feels like it's making like trolling yeah. the fans. Oh yeah, I thought it was too. So with that, it made me giggle. But yeah, with that, that's the first section. Some big books there, pretty positive get deal. Off making Selena bang other men. She's married to the Bruce Waynes at a freaking you know a Batman ceremonies. That was the other thing that people were na 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 Mazeltoff. They were losing their mind, like, no way, because in canon, now in continuity, they're married. And then, yeah, they got an open marriage. It's cool. You don't know if the, because the Batman Catwoman, if you do look up at one point, Tynan had to announce, listen, DC itself told me that is not in continuity. That is not canon. It's not in continuity. It'll have no effect well, I knew on that the regular too. run of Batman, which we, we were talking about a lot. And Tom King even said it's kind of from that little the King skewed side from the annual number two that had a little wackiness involved anyway. So. With all that, though, we're going to go off in a couple uh, minutes. We'll be back with more books. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Close kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shame. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every Shay. And we're back, Eric. It is a, a celebration of you. It's a Why? celebration of Eric Shay, because shouldn't every podcast be just that? Not no. just ours, everyone. 
We have three books I'm to shy. finish off the podcast here. And again, they're they're pretty big books. I mean, this is a podcast that's filled with some biggins, and some people might even think of Flashpoint Beyond, which we'll start with maybe being their event, Eric. The maybe. worst part is everybody is dismissing this goddamn book because all they're saying is, I don't need no more Flashpoints. When you, if you read the actual book, it actually comes out in this issue how it's directly tied to freaking Dark Crisis right now. And the great darkness, like, get on this goddamn it book. Made it, it made it really big. And it's funny, too, because when you end up where you start yelling about Hypertem and all these things going on. It, and boy, do I yell about Hypertem. Oh, yeah. And I think that this, obviously, it does even mention Dark Crisis. It mentions Pariah, mentions all that. But it starts to, you know, tie into even feeling bigger than that at, at points. I mean, I, it's hard to get bigger than Pariah and that crazy team well, he has. even this idea where what we have going on right now, where the Time Masters are introduced in Hypertime in a time sphere, but the idea that in between issue number two and three that we're talking about tonight, where Batman was in the Batcave, trying to uncover all the stuff that's going on with his father, what's coming, what's up with Slade, all these different mysteries within the DC universe as freaking, you know, one of the Time Masters sitting there talking to him about, oh my God, you done fucked up, as related to something that came out of the Doomsday Clock and freaking, you know, um, what was the other one? Uh, three Jokers, was it Three Jokers? Anyway, the idea then, in between that, it seems like, you know, the Dark Christ started, the Justice League are dead and Batman is no longer around because in, in his research, he's gone off and been killed by Pariah. Yeah, and, and remember, even at the beginning, we saw the chalkboard and there was yeah. things about Deathstroke not working or, or acting right. And that kind of plays in. But you also get stuff that even is deeper cuts that you really were, you know, enjoying and talking about was that uh, summer spring break special, the Stargirl deal. Yeah. It's really tying in a oh, lot even of the, things. Oh, yeah, with the freaking idea of, um, what was it, Julie Garrick? It was yeah, just yeah, the idea yeah. of a Garrick name that we didn't like. Have, we haven't seen and since that, like the idea of that uh, mm-hmm. spring break special where we also got names like Secret. And like, you know, the dynamite kid, like Wing, like, you know, the side character also who had died previously, a bunch of these kid characters who had been lost previously in the continuities of the DC comics were somehow, you know, out there still being held captive against their will to everybody believing that they're just dead and gone or never even knowing about them. At the end, you get mentioned, oh, my God, you know, hypertime. Is this a Thomas Wayne thing? No, I think it's a thon. Like It gets big. It's really good. And this issue, again, I don't know the play where sometimes you you wish that things might have been a little bit bigger or spelled out a little more right away so that people jump on. But you said it, and I said the same thing, and that's what's kind of upsetting me, Judy. And you end up where, like Dark Crisis, here we go, Dark Crisis. Oh, Crisis, we've had too many. We get a crisis every week, and they just pish-posh it. And then you get this, flashpoint, like, we're done with that. I This is different because we did have Thomas Wayne in and yeah, some of these things end up being somebody's fuck up ends up, you know, being better down the line. We have a redemption push for Thomas Wayne right now, which I have been enjoying before he got Omega beamed by Darkseid. And you also want to see if things made sense. And, you know, Tom King and even with this, like not even this, but the idea of the war zones over in the war world stuff with Philip Kenny Johnson, you know, it annoys us that some people fuck up and you have to kind of go. But if you can get a good story out of it. I like it. And this isn't just what people were saying. Oh, what? He's just there with the flashpoints. And I de- this is different. This is something has gone wrong. Something with hypertime, something with this. And then you get the funniest play of this, though, this clockwork killer. That's the one thing that kind of gets pushed aside that I'm not so that weird. interested in. You know what I mean? I do think it's interesting, but it's kind of such an aside. Because I'm more involved well, because with, you don't know oh my god, this it. is huge things, and this ties in the like dark the thing is, you, I, The idea of the clockwork killer and everything we've seen is just like, you know, 
random like paper articles about like his victims stuff like that how they're all tied to something like time travel related in our own universe and stuff like that and like everything that's been going on has been in the background the periphery of what thomas wayne is doing of just making sure this world dies and get the world that we know and love back and stuff like that because he thinks that the flashpoint is happening again he doesn't understand why but in the background of all this he doesn't understand about the clockwork killer and his victim as much as we do so while we're seeing all this great stuff going on thomas wayne and him trying to get the bottom of it it's not worrying him, so it's not worrying us either. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, it's going to hit at some point really big, and it's going to be like, oh, my God, yeah. But I like the idea because this is something, as an aside, I hate when you have certain characters like, man, I remember when we had the flashpoints. And we, I like this idea where Thomas Wayne is back in his world. He doesn't know that this affects anything. He thinks it does. Like, he wouldn't know that. He's just no. back there. That's his concern. Oh, my God, I'm back to this again. I got to stop this because I got to get back to that square one to get the other universe right. While people might think that Flashpoint is it's either its own universe or Hypertime, its own timeline, it is a rewritten Earth Zero timeline, yeah, which means that timeline. everything that we love is gone in order for Thomas Wayne's universe to exist, timeline to exist. And he knows this as well from everything he's experienced with Barry Allen during Flashpoint. So everything that he knows right now, as far as he knows, yeah, he thinks that. His son is now dead again, and his bullshit world has been recreated, and he has to get back and stop it. Exactly. And the funny play is, if you do play this out, and it does connect so much, I mean, he is really, he thinks he's fighting to get back the regular timeline. It's already, it's still going concurrently. We don't know why, how, or whatnot. But when he does, if he does go back to the regular timeline, his son is dead. Like the idea that yeah, he, would he doesn't go back know that and like, <laughs> yeah, and that would that's kind of a crazy deal. That's like a kick in the balls then of like, oh, wait, this didn't affect it. Oh, your son's dead anyway. Oh, shit. Like maybe then he's going to start wondering, maybe if I tweak this, but it won't because these are disconnected. This is a timeline that seems to be disconnected from that in some wacky way. And we'll have to see. We know that our Earth Zero timeline is going on right now. So yeah. this is disconnected from what we've seen previously at Flashpoint, where the timeline continues on outside of what we already have seen during Flashpoint, where it looks like it's just existing purely in hypertime. But what I like about this issue, be. where in that you can say, well, then there's no stakes. But at the end of this, you see there are. They're, they're really messing with hypertime. That could end up resetting things. This could end up making well, things wacky. Lot, something larger going on with the great darkness and people's, like, you know, background stuff being rewritten constantly now and like we have to make sure we put a stop to whatever is happening because even the time master's concerned and rip hunter he ain't involved in this yeah yeah we we don't know what's going on he ends up all his assistants are running around and they have theories and they're worried but like even the idea like for some reason i don't know how it's played off because we don't have a batman section in this bit where we've normally have previously because i believe that in between issue number two and three batman's gone off the regular just league and been killed by the great darkness so what's Corky Baxter up to? Is he just still sitting in the freaking like, you know, the back cave waiting for him to come back? <laughs> Maybe. He's like, when's he going to come back? He said that he'd come back with my slingshot and my raccoon cap. And like, uh, how, but... how the heck is it going to play in with, you know, the, like, you know, Janie, Jenny Slater's watch, Janie Slater's watch and also the snow globe and stuff like that. We don't know what these are, things are doing. And if Batman's not involved anymore, exactly. Like, why? Why are they there? And it's crazy. And again, if you start mentioning pariah you start mentioning the great you know the darkness great darkness and things like that is that going to tie in more of how they are going to get things back after dark crisis maybe things will be changed maybe things will be better because of that and it seems like you might be setting that up which i think is really cool and again makes this book bring me dr batman back yeah and it makes things even bigger and i think that people are sleeping on this book a bit because they just thought it was eh, flashpoint i don't need that bullshit but it's it's it was already 
a little bigger than that, I thought. But this issue really does show. Especially, you know, coming out of Infinite Frontier and Justice League Incarnate. Yeah. People, I guess we even said we were worried that not a lot of people were reading that or is enough. And then they just see Flashpoint and they, like I said, they push poshed it. But give us the credits and then we'll get into it. Okay. I don't have the credits for this one because you told me you had the credits. I actually, you know what? As I was saying that, I thought that you reviewed this and you don't. Gabe does. Flashpoint Beyond. Number three, written by Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams, and Tim Sheridan. And what we've been told is Jeff Johns is kind of overlooking with the story with uh, Jeremy Adams and Tim Sheridan. I'll give them kudos again. Pretty good. Art by Monaco. Spot on. Yeah. Mikel Janine. Colors by uh, Ramallo Fajardo Jr., Jordi Belair, and Rob Lay on letters. So, yeah, you jump into this. And we already said it really is big. What you're going to get here, though, is the Superman deal. You end up with subject one one, and you get a bit of his background. And I like the twist here where instead of him being sent to Earth because, hey, Krypton's going to get destroyed. Krypton's on the verge of destruction. So what we need to do is send out a bunch of babies all over the place to seed a new planet so we can have a new Krypton later on before this planet eventually does get destroyed. In an evil way, that makes sense. We send out all these kids. You go, you end up. Seeing how it is, loosen it up, we'll get the best best one, and then we'll come, we'll take over and make a new Krypton by destroying everyone. The funny play is here. Huzzah. Father, son, high five. It's funny, you can't change Superman, though. You end up subject one who's been just awfully, Which is weird. brutally, you know, t- but he ends up seemingly seeing the good. He saw that Lois at one time, like, I guess. boy, she done there yeah, pretty. like, man, no pretty girls there. I'm going to fight for these um, people. There is no reason that Subject One should be the Clark Kent that we know and love and want to protect the people from the way that he's been treated throughout this Flashpoint timeline. I time think line. that the, the biggest problem was is that when he crashed, it ended up blowing up everybody and the it crystals got Metropolis, scattered yeah. and he didn't really get to hear the game plan. He ended up coming up where well, he seems it's, it's to be. It's essentially like the idea of like, yo, Goku coming to Earth where he was sent there to destroy it kind of thing so they could eventually come down here and like, you know, here's the Saiyan, like the like Saiyan races like expanding their like, uh, their property to a degree, but he came down, he hit his head. He couldn't remember his missions yeah, he no couldn't more. remember it. And then he's, he's you know, really, guy. he's a little sus, little guy. He's doing his fishing, nude, all that. But yeah, you end Everything up where, up. but you end up where, yeah, there's subject one, even Thomas Wayne, who again, he just wants to, he doesn't mind. Hey, you're going to come down and you're going to let him happen. I want this place destroyed. I want to reset all this. I want it done. It's he has his problems. own mission. And yeah, he is really like, you know, nothing's his problem. He has his own thing. I don't want to deal with you. And by the way, why are you so hopeful anyway? They treated you like shit. They ended up being awful to you. But it is kind of that weird kind of play again with where Barry had to inspire, you know, Thomas Wayne and try to get him involved where you're going to end up having Superman. And then we even go off and see some other things as we go. But yeah, when we're going into this, though, we have Gilda, who I, I really like. Gilda Dent, the new Flashpoint Two-Face. She just wants her boy. But yeah, she has voices talking to her. And, you know, she wants to see her boy, which we do end up seeing. You don't, like you said, with Oswald. Dexter Dent is oh the my best God. thing going on in the background of this book because Oswald Copperpot, being the Alfred of this Thomas Wayne, you know, like universe kind of thing, just keeping the boy occupied with whatever he wants and whatever this boy wants is all nefarious. Let's explode stuff, teach me how to do guns. And in this issue, we just see a brief bit of him, you know, Oswald teaching him how to pick a lock. We're just going to go from the smallest locks to the best lock. And Dexter, he's a quick learner, but they're interrupted by reverse flash, Eobar Thawne, like very quickly, just vibrating in out of nowhere. It's like, I need Thomas Wayne. He's coming for me again. Hyper time. And then fading out and then like, 
Look, kid, I don't know what the fuck that was, but I need a drink. Do you need one? <laughs> like, that's the best. Do you need a drink? Like, oh, oh I love this well, What are you doing? And I love the idea that that's like, instead of cucumber sandwiches, he's going off to get whiskey for both of them because he's the awful Dude, This Albert. is an awful, awful timeline, but Thomas Wayne with, with Oswald and Dexter Dent, his, his freaking boy terror, his little ward that he's brought in. I love this weird little I family. Do I also like the idea, as you have this, where there's, you know, Thawne, who's actually seeking out Thomas, Thomas Wayne. Wayne yeah. He's scared, and he should be. And he should be, and that really shows you how desperately scared he is. I need Thomas Wayne. I need him, you know, because he knows that whatever is after him, Thomas Wayne would be the only one to be able to do something I with it. And that's know if this is all done in this weird repercussion kind of thing where the time, like, even hyper time is messed up because of what Eobar did. By going back into this this dead timeline of Flashpoint and bringing Thomas Wayne out as a punishment, like is he the cause of all this stuff? And then we have something that is the monitor of hyper time, some bullshit kind of over like watcher kind of the thing that we're going to bring out that will be the outcome of the Tempest Fugitive because to a degree, not even Tempest Fugitive, but like almost like a Clock King kind of thing, like like the Clock King of the hyper time. I actually thought of Clock King, but like you said, something of a multiversal hyper time. Just by hyper time, I mean, just in general, because it's this chaotic freaking, you know, streaming, any kind of future timeline that can happen happens in hyper time all at once. And it is going chaotic right now. And even Flashpoint is here living again, which it makes sense to be in hyper time because it's not part of the main timeline anymore. But when you have Thawne show up at the end at a crime scene where he's dead, fucking insides all full of gears and clockwork, like all the everybody, everybody else who's been involved in time travel, the uh, the TikTok killer is killed with this TikTok written in blood, the clockwork killer. I mean, uh, by like, he is now another victim of the clockwork killer. I'm like, what is this? Because the craziest thing is happening in here because Thomas Wayne wants to get to the bottom of this. Every step, every turn that he takes to try to make sure that this world gets destroyed or finding out how to avert this timeline once again, again to get to the normal timeline that we all know and love, every step of the way, something weird and has happened that feels like it's out of nowhere and nobody really has an explanation. So even when you have Subject 1 show up here, you know, knock out Thomas Wayne and bring him to his sanctuary where Poison Ivy's there as the leader of the sanctuary, anybody's looking for refuge, and Jason Woodrow is the swamp thing, and they detected that the, the Kryptonian invasion that's coming in five days, where we get the whole background on. And it's actually a really cool concept, the idea that we have a fortress of solitude that's actually built out of trees and wood yeah, and stuff I like, like that, and it's connected to the green. So even when you have the crystals, they're connected to the way. And so instead of holograms of ice, you have like actually wood like holograms of Jarrell. And I'm like, this this weird it's really cool and it's really different, but I think it's it really stands out for how different it is, but still acting the same way with a different medium. I think it acts really cool. But I thought it was cool. The yeah, way we I, have I this like going it. on, I almost feel that whoever our overwatcher is or overseer, whatever it may be, if it's the, the clockwork killer, whatever it is, is keeps putting these things out there because this isn't something that like, you know, felt like it would be a thing like five days. We're having a Kryptonian invasion out of nowhere. It feels like another obstacle to be put in Thomas Wayne's way. And he's not dealing with it. But like, because each of these things. Even the idea like scavenger killed this person over here. And then I need to find out why, because a Barry Allen, like, oh, the Aquaman did it. I got to go find the Aquaman. And the Aquaman's killed by one way. Every step of the way, it just seems to be he's getting gas. Like an obstacle, like you said, it is. And it almost feels like he's like, you know, not supposed to get to what the bottom of this whole thing is. And even this Kryptonian invasion feels like something that the was Kryptonian just The Kryptonian invasion does. The weird play of it, though, seems to me like subject one is going against what might have been the nun. Even with Thomas Wayne saying, like you said, why would he? trust humanity and when he says everything matters which is the like the reverse etiquette of what he's saying like nothing matters yeah, and, the and whole mimicking idea. even the infinite frontier deal but it's is like you said 
Anything that could happen here, Thomas Wayne says, I don't care. I, this nothing matters. I want to end this. And with Superman going and saying everything matters, and I think that that's him, like, it is true. He has to start looking at these things. Like you said, these obstacles being put out there. And the weird play is even if you go basic hyper time, usually our joke, and it has been, Hypertime fixes itself. Hypertime, and not, it's not working. Things are going. Somebody's able to target things. And so this might be outside of it, but it's obviously affecting everything as well. And that might be the ramifications, obviously, that Thomas Wayne doesn't understand. And it does. It does matter in the, the craziest thing, by the end. thing that's happening in this book right now, because we just got done talking about Chip Zdarsky's first issue of Batman, where it looks like he just went and killed the penguin. First fucking issue. How crazy is that? One of our mainstays of the DC universe ever since, you know, we had Barry Allen come back in Flash Rebirth in the, uh, you know, the aughts. I always screw up what those are called, but in the, the mid-2000s or the late 2000s. But you had the idea that reverse Flash Eobarthon is a paradox. You can kill him over and over again, but it doesn't matter because he has a paradox. He can always come back. And there's no, like he's always going on at some timeline somewhere, even though you think you kill him, he doesn't. And when you see the body of Eobarthon and like TikTok, he's completely dead right there. It's like, oh, it's just, you know, Eobarthon's dead again, whatever. But when you have, but when you have the time masters traversing hyper time, and then all of a sudden they, the time sphere gets ripped with electricity and lightning. And like, oh my god, what the hell just happened? A paradox was just reset. Holy shit! You actually just killed Eobarthon. He is no longer a paradox because you actually fucking killed him somehow. Yep, he was just reset. That that's huge. And I don't know that people actually realize how big that should be. And again, that is like, oh my god, was it Thomas Wayne? No, it was Thawne. Like there, even when you say a paradox was reset and they asked, was it coming? Because he's another one now, yeah. obviously saying that, but it was Thawne. And they're like, oh, my God, like this is what this isn't just them hanging and going like, oh, man, this is crazy. I mean, it is balls to the wall alarms going off. They're freaking out. And that's that's big. And to mention the idea of, oh, my God, you know, with Pariah, the great darkness, like obviously this is all connected because that is going with that you know, Christ on infinite earth and how it's going to go. And you end up having the great darkness once just end everything and all that. So this is obviously involved, but how it is, we don't know because of the idea, this is a separate pulled out timeline deal as far as we know. And so that might be the case that if things go on, maybe the clockwork killer is going with the idea. Thomas Wayne says, Oh, it doesn't matter. I want to end it. Maybe you have to make this. I don't know. Like a weird you play like, your role. Maybe juxtaposition. I don't know. You have to make it work. Because like even when when uh when freaking we have um Bonnie Baxter here, but the the omniverse may be relatively more stable than hypertime, but its multiverses are being besieged by the great darkness, which will no doubt alter them again. So the idea of like when you think of the multiverse being recreated and stuff like that, like even when it was recreated initially by Alexander like Luther Jr. after Infinite Crisis and stuff like that. What you had recreated was the like you know the the multiverse once again, but they were all copies of the world we know. It took a time like you know altered like uh, Mister Mind to corrupt all those and make them their own individual worlds we know and stuff like that to make them different somehow as he traversed through them, and that's what we have. So it seems like right now that we have the multiverse that's recreated once again after the Metal Wars and stuff like that, creating the Omniverse. It seems like there's continuing to alter, even to the point where we have the Time Masters here talking about our timelines might be altered again. So who knows what's going to happen with our mission right now? It's like, we need to steer clear of the Omniverse until the League returns and the darkness passes. And that's crazy too. Just the idea of mentioning the League returning. Those exactly. things are big. And yeah, Unless we want to saying, risk our own history is being and that's rewritten what I once like. again. 
I like the idea that they're playing that like we can't get involved because if we do now like things are too fragile. Things are going all wacky and these, you know, the idea that a paradox has been reset is huge, especially Thawne there. And boy, he just looks destroyed on that bed. It's just awful. His insides are full of gears, Jim. Yeah, I know. And I, I think this is really interesting. Yeah, I want to know he more about what the, the clockwork wars. killer is. He didn't. He, he was told, Eric. He shouldn't have. He was shown. <laughs> and it's a very quick read, this one. But even like you said, when you go into this like fortress of solitude, that's more of the, the sanctuary. Green, and you have wood drill. And, you, and it's almost it's like the really idea, too, neat. it's the sanctuary that we saw previously in what felt like deceased with poison. Like, how have you put that together? It reminded me 100% of deceased. also combined with like the way that the structure would look with like the fortress of solitude because Subject one is in control here. So when you have a Jason Woodrow as a Swamp Thing who's only trying to make up for his past like bad deeds as the Swamp Thing, Poison Ivy, who was pretty much just like she is connected to the green and a good person combined with Subject Zero to make this fortress of green gun like this thing looks amazing. And the way it works with the Kryptonian crystals is awesome. And I love the idea when you see it. You you look and once you look at it where you see the outside, it is like those jutting trees that look like the crystals of the yeah. normal deal but this is vegetative and it looks really really neat and like you said i love when they have the crystal deal where it's jarell talking and it's of the vegetation they are using that and they're kind of mimicking like what's william being sharp told. should have drawn this hologram yeah it would have been really cool but yeah the whole play this is where you think it's going to be like okay cal you know do your best. You're the greatest guy. We're going to send you to Earth. You're going to have we're some We're going to kill all these fools, Cal. You and me, we're going to rule everything. The Kryptonian's awesome. A number one. Yeah, it's almost like a Zod you thing dig it? even, right? And he's like, we're going to come here, get everything ready. Because the, the play here, though, like you said, that's so weird of an obstacle is, well, when's this going to happen? Oh, five days. Five days. Five days. Like, what? And then there's this Thomas. He goes off like, I'm out. I got five days to complete my mission, bitches. It is funny. They're like, listen, we need you because we can end up fighting this. Well, I'm, I, I well even fight the idea is like, we need you to get all the heroes that you you had before when Aquaman and Wonder Woman were going in. And plus, we found some other heroes. We need you to put them together and lead them. Like, you can go fuck yourselves. I'm yeah, out. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, no, I don't need to do this. And when, when Superman idea, says everything don't, matters. Don't they call out Majestic in here, which is a Wildcats character, which is crazy. Yeah, and that in that, that kind of reminded me when you're playing with all this, for some reason, not that it fully connects, but it did remind me of even the, you know, Vertigo, the Wild, so all those coming together at the beginning of the New 52. Well, even when you had like Grifter in the Flashpoint universe doing stuff initially. And I, I think that's really cool. And with that, you have to wait because at some point Thomas Wayne is going to realize that this does matter and he does have to change because maybe maybe it's as big as, you know, yeah, Bonnie come down. Somehow they end up. I don't know how you do get word to Thomas like, hey, uh, your son's actually dead in the regular deal. So maybe you want to, you know, make something that would change that or whatnot. But I don't think he'd believe it. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'd have to see. But something has to get him inspired. That's a better think. world. And there's no way that a better world would have his son dead in it no matter what. Remember, he ended up getting zapped. If somebody knows how they died, he would know what that is because they ended up facing him as well. Oh, dark side, the darkness. Oh, shit. That's how I got here again. Oh, my God. I don't know. Well, his was we'll just dark stay. side. Yeah, I know. But the, you even had all that craziness and people were being infected and stuff. They were in there. But yeah, we'd have to see what the deal is. But something has to inspire him to do something. And we have, you know, three issues left to do it. So we'll have to see. But with that whole Clockwork Killer, up until now, I mean, even I said, you, you don't get a ton of Clockwork Killer. But when you get Thawne and then the mention of the Paradox Reset, 
that ups the ante. Like, like is that shit. something? Was that a plan? Because I was sitting there reading, like, okay, Thawne's dead again for now. And but when we get to that fucking when Bonnie's talking about like the paradox has been reset, I'm like, oh shit, you done did it. No more Eobard Thawne as we know him right now. Like anything that we had, this guy that was just going through our time, making sure that Baryon had the worst time. That's over. Yeah, and so in that. Is the could the clockwork killer be somebody who's not exactly as nefarious as we think that he's trying to do something with hypertime that will end up helping them against Pariah in the Great Darkness? I don't know. We'll have to see how it is. It looks pretty bad right now, but then when you get next Dexter Dent, Rob, and the Boy Terror, it just makes me giggle. I can't wait. I gotta send you that little deal. Like here we go. That's pretty cool because in the background of this, you just and I love the pacing of that each issue. You just see something else being taught him. It's like one of the best parts of the series, and it's nothing, and somehow it works so well. Oswald is not being bad. He's just being himself in this and trying to do what he was told to do. And that's all he knows. He's like, let's pick some locks. Let's go. Remember, Thomas just said, because, again, nothing matters. Whatever he wants, just do it. He's like, I want to learn how to pick locks and drink whiskey. All right, well. I hear you, boy. I'm telling you, I'm expecting him next issue. He's like smoking a big cigar. I said, Oswald, and stuff. you got any cigarettes? I want to smoke. Well, I'm going off to the Wawas. I'll be back. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, that means he's never coming back, Eric. He went for a pack of smokes. Ah, oh, I liked him there, though, Eric. He doesn't need to disappear. I, I want a World's Fair cigar. I mean, I really want that huge ass cigar gone. Uh, but by the end, I. I did like this. I the thought it was really good. very quick read, but it really ups the ante, especially by tying it in with what's going on with Dark Crisis right now. Keeping the Batman out of the book, but allowing you to know that everything that Batman's dealing with with Dark Crisis is affecting this as well with the Time like uh, time Masters and just the idea that, you know, Eobard's dead. And also, I can't help the, the overwhelming feeling that whatever is happening in the background, things just keep getting placed in Thomas Wayne's path to try to get him to stop doing what he's doing, whether it makes sense or not, like Kryptonian invasion, all the stuff that we dealt with. It feels like it's out of nowhere, out of place, and it just feels deliberate from something of a higher power. I'm giving this an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 8.5 as well. And in that, again, just as another aside, we talked about this last issue. If this is what it takes to up the ante and up the game of both Jeremy Adams and Tim Sheridan, you know, to work with Jeff Johns and to do this, because if they're doing this like Jeff Johns gave him notes and went off and they did this, they're doing a great job. And I think that this might be something that DC should take notice and say, maybe Jeff John should do that. Maybe he should be kind of a mentoring, you know, not an editor, but kind tutor. of like he goes around the tutor to go because, boy. Well, even the idea that we were told at the beginning of Rebirth where he was doing the DC Universe Rebirth special, that was his book. But the little like, you know, word on the street that we heard or a little Internet rumor was that Jeff Johns is going around and overseeing the first six issues of all the books that were coming out for that initial Rebirth. And all of them were so good when they were first coming out. I don't know. I don't know how much that true that is, but that's what we heard. Yeah, that's what we heard. And a lot of other people have heard it as well. Maybe they heard it from us. Agreed. We must be spreading lies. I don't know. We're the urban legend. But we're going to move on to the next book. DC versus Vampires, number seven. And it's written by Matthew Rosenberg and James Tynan IV. What we've been told is James Tynan IV isn't really writing the script anymore. It's based on the story him and Matthew Rosenberg came up with. But art by Otto Schmidt. Otto Schmidt and Tom napolitano and we've had some one shots we had killers and hunters right we had those Today. and we ended up having mentions a lot in those oh my god the vampires they've won they've taken over it still ended up shocking me the way that we went into this like oh yeah they did take over my problem with this and i like it by the end enough but at one point i 
think that you might have been better served to have like a meeting of some of the van. Like, I want to know who survived, who's a vampire. I started getting confused at the beginning of who was who and what they were and if they Look, were vampires totally or not. I totally agree because when you start out, it's pretty much all out war. The vampires have won. Wonder Woman's taken over Superman, turned him to a vampire. But when you just see the all out war, darkest before the dawn, where the heroes are fighting against the, the freaking vampire menaces, like, you know, this, the world is burning. And I'm like, well, good. Alicia Zam's here to kick ass. And then you see later on, he's ripping Superboy in half. Like, that, that, oh, that was my he's a problem. vampire. <laughs> Not Captain Marvel. <laughs> so dumb. I'm like, oh, well, uh, Captain Marvel, at least you got Firestar. Oh, no. <laughs> like, what's happening? Everybody, I want's a vampire. I almost think because it's been so long since we had an actual regular issue, maybe you could have had like a page of the verses, like even more than a recap. But you could have just had a meeting. Hey, the Vampire Nation meeting. Spell it out. Hey, all Here. you guys. I'm like, okay, they're the bad guys. The rest of them will be the good guys. I was confused at first. And it did throw me out. It wasn't one of those where at the end I'm like, I don't know what happened. Once you figure it out, Wonder it's Woman okay. Captain Marvel ripped Superboy in half, I Jim. know. Hot dog-wise. And, and remember, one of the things that you kind of lose track of at points, too, is the idea that we had a lot. You had a lot of theories about Superman. We weren't sure if he was actually going to be turned. We had all that stuff. Nothing. And yeah, he's done. And even then, the sun being blocked out by just you know smoke and stuff. I don't know. I smoke thought there was ash. some big crazy deal. But honestly, the thing is, I whenever I hear the idea of the sun being blocked out, I always go back to Forever Evil and Ultraman's is making sure that the moon stays in front of the Earth's shadow and stuff like that. So there's no more sun. It's like after the big battles ended, they burned the forests, the jungles, the crops. We starved and choked on smoke. Well, the whole world was plunged into constant darkness. I'm like, looks like this firestorm's doing some bullshit. But when you get down, like, the planet was theirs, and you see who they are, it's like, okay, we have Gorilla Grodd, Wonder Woman, Nightwing, Superman, Aquaman, Hawkman, and Hawkgirl. But when I look at this, as much as I love Otto Schmidt's art, but when you have the whole, the, the planet was theirs, I'm like, well, Nightwing doesn't have any face, and Superman's bald for some reason. What's, what's up with this? Like, this is supposed to be the money shot of, like, you know, theirs, but, like, exactly. they look like paper dolls. And and just as an aside, this is something that I'll bring up only because I brought it up during the King and Black stuff at Marvel, where they ended up doing the same thing. We're going to block out the sun. We're going to cocoon the planet in a symbiote. Like, that affects more things than just, you know, having vampires being able to walk around. You don't have sun here. Things should be, uh, you know, snowing everywhere, all that stuff. Craziness. But even so, I was just a little confused of who was who. And then we kind of get, like, weird characters. And I think that the play at this point was supposed to be listen we got some really d-less guys left we're gonna have to do it with it but i was still a little lost in the i'm talking like you know uh the idea of negative man what's wrong negative man mr bones adam strange wild dog peacemaker he's just crazy quilt at the deal crazy (laughs) quilt is one of them so but you never really got to settle down with the team and that's where i think that that little bit that we had from six to seven that three four months difference I would have, like, you had the hunters and the kill, but that was just kind of like, hey, we need these one shots. It seemed like we want to make some money with it, but I think and that we still I have wanted to, wait to for see another more one of shot these. to make sure that we understand exactly what's going on here because, like, now Nightlight, one of humanity's last safe havens, has fallen. And it's like, go see DC versus Vampires All Out War number one on sale July 19th. I'm like, God damn it. And it's weird the idea of, like, see that to see that fall, but we never even saw it be created. I, I actually want it more. Is the nightlight just the, the, the train station? Like the I subway tunnel? Is that all the nightlight is? But it seems like it's different. But yeah, so you have, and I, I was a little, but once you once you kind of get into it, I, I started enjoying it a little more. But I did as well, but I have all these stupid questions in my head when I read stuff like this. Like, 
How does a vampire turn plastic man? How do you puncture plastic man's skin and turn into a vampire? Because you have a you have a like a plastic man that turned himself into a cobra here to be a cobra vampire <laughs> plastic man, which is hilarious. But yeah, I have these stupid questions like, how does this work? Even to the point where our team are trying to get past these vampires, they're trying to like you know stop them from completing their mission, and they all show up and you have a big old battle. I want to know how night uh night not night how Firestorm kills Killer Frost when Killer Frost all she wants is to be around freaking Firestorm. That is all she's ever wants. She absorbs his heat. Somehow he just hits her with a heat blast and she's gone. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, yeah that doesn't make sense. And so in when order you go- for her powers to work, she needs to absorb heat. And this is the ultimate heat. This is why she was a villain of Firestorm. It didn't affect her. In a world where you have blocked out the sun, there's no heat at all. So she desperately needs that and, and some stuff like that. But yeah, you end up where- Again, you have the thinker at the end. I'm like, really? Are we really going that big on well, we're you know, the, suicide the Suicide Squad, squad movie looks here going on here? Yeah. It kind of threw me off a little. Like, okay, we got a little Suicide Squad action in this, but it seems like they went really heavy Where's with Crazy Quilt Peacemaker. Last year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's so funny as you go through because I thought the same thing with the Plastic Man. But as you go through, you're having these fights. And I also think that after that big layoff, I think that things were too abrupt. You end up having this fight and like, oh, my God, there's Raven. That's all oh, Raven's. Gone. Oh, my God. Superboy. <laughs> like, it, it really felt like, hey, we've been gone. I thought oh, we were going to get more story, not just all out, just destruction. And hey, we got because we're already starting out here with vampires one. I mean, it's bad. Oh, by the way, we're going to rip everything apart. But I don't get the scope of it because we never really saw it get to this point. We were just told and we had that layoff. So I would have liked a little more now. We do get Jaina, and when she comes up, it wasn't as satisfying as I was hoping well, it would Jaina be. Jaina the Vampire Slayer is all I want, and that's what we got. And I thought we weren't going to get it. The idea of, like, now that Xan is dead, this time it's personal. She's going to freaking just go out there and kill all the vampires. And that's what she does. She killed, like, over 200 fucking vampires. But she is a badass. But when you start this whole thing out where you, you know, kill Firestorm, create a nuclear blast, and the first thing that you show me is that she has water powers that Xan powers are, I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, how is she doing Zan's powers now and not her own? Again, remember, we wanted to see because she had that, you know. She has his thumb, I know, but why does she have his powers? I don't know. It, I think that it felt like a miss. It's, it's never brought up. No. And she ends up doing that to kind of come into play and then go and kill and get away. And at first, too, I was mad because everybody dies during this whole thing, except for Mr. Bones, Director Bones here, who is just a skull and a spinal cord left. And he's like, you know. She's carrying him around, even has him buckled up in a car to continue the mission here to taking this car to where it needs to go. I'm like, why is Mr. Bones still alive here? This doesn't make any sense until we actually get to the place where Constantine has put a magical spell of protection on him. And the only thing that will kill him is a nuclear blast. Like, and that's what killed him. But the reason he's still alive for at least a little bit here during this car ride to give us some exposition was because of magic. And because of that, I'm fine. It worked out. They told us. It seemed weird. It's the it idea did, of it magic. killed him, but it took him a while. Uh, it, all it reminded me of was that Batman book by scott snyder where he's walking around with the joker's head the joker's oh, yeah. yelling the at him and night. stuff like that yeah the last night that's what it reminded me of but you needed something you needed jana to be able to find out where they were supposed to go where's the last bastion of humanity at where they like and why am i coming here oh because supergirl is in the trunk she is our last bit of hope because not only what she can do if she's charged up by the sun but because of who she is with that symbol on her chest so we have her now she's she's kind of useless right now that's why she's in the trunk but we can charge her up one day and we can get something out of this so we're taking her back to where we need to go, where Killer Croc is the doorman inside of a swamp, where we then can use Ryan Choi's shrinking technology, the atom technology, to shrink down into the the bottle city of Candor that's inside the swamp. I'm like, 
this is intricate as hell and I kind of dig it. <laughs> it is kind of cool that the way they played it is a buried Candor. Except for all the Candorians are dead because the first place that Superman went was go and kill all of them, you fucking assholes. I, I like some of those stories where you get the little mini Candorians and they attack. We just even had oh, that in Batman Superman, but they always are. So they deserve to die. But I even like the play where it's a smart play where you have, you know, Jane is there and she's, oh, my God, you know, this was the worst. My brother died. I'm going here. All these people died. She ended up killing a lot of people when she blew up Firestorm, but she needed to do it. But they were all going to be vampires anyway. Well, then she sees, you know, but also Bones, and but she sees Supergirl and gets mad. Why were you just in there not thinking you that? Helped. No, yeah, not no thinking powers, that bitch. she couldn't. And I like that play. I like that that and was spelled out. And I like that Kara's not the one to say it to her. Somebody else informs her why Kara couldn't help. Yeah, and I actually think that Kara might have tried to at points, but they, she can't. She doesn't have the power. So when they realize, hey, what can we do? The ash above this. They do desperately need to get the sun. And like you said, now I'm starting to think about the Superman again. Because like you said, if you're there, you're powered by the sun. But the sun is going to burn you up, too. You're going to have a horrific deal. How does it work? I just want a burning super Superman. <laughs> they say that in Australia, people are actually going into space. If Kara can get the space, she can power up, get rid of the clouds around in it. And we can bring the sun back. Suck it, vampires. And it's funny. It's like all this stuff going on. And really, all she has to do is get her power so she can blow the clouds away. It's kind of goofy, but. Well, a bunch of assholes are walking around thinking they're daywalkers. we got to prove their asses wrong. Right. They're not daywalkers, are they? But yeah. When you have that, and you even have steel there with them, and and then you end up having the little fight that I didn't need by the end. I where like it just because the idea of what everybody wants to do. Oliver, Oliver wants to go to a place where people are holed up, who are going to be attacked by vampires and slaughtered. He is a man of the people, and he is going to fight for those people, even if it means like he doesn't like argues with it. And while you might not have needed it, it shows you what they're up against here in Candor, what their plans are. And it shows you, Oliver, in my point, the best Oliver you've seen in a while. Yeah, I'm just telling you when they say, listen, we could all go get in space, boom, done. Or we could go, and he's like, no, I'm going to save these people. And then it, it does come down to me being a numbers game in this. I know that you want to say, well, he wants to save everyone, but what has he been doing all this time? I mean, he hasn't gone there yet. Let's go to Australia. Let's get in space and let's end this. This is the ultimate goal to save the whole planet. Let's do it. And I'm like, Dr. Fate, open up a portal and just send her to space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. And I, I really think, like, we know the all-out war deal is coming up in a couple weeks. I have a feeling we're going to have, like, Oliver Queen. Let's, I don't know what I'd call it. I was going to come up with a title with cattle or so. But, yeah, he's going to go off. It's so that you have another story going on. But I think that he was just, like, a little bit too over the top of, no. I'm not listening. I'm going to go there. I'm like, well, bitch, get going. What, what's that book about the about the slaughterhouse that everybody hates reading about? Animal Farmer. Animal Farm. That's what it was. That's what it is. You know, that's the thing. It's DC versus Vampires, Animal Farm number one. Yeah, there you go. And he's going to go off. I don't want the cattle there. Where's the boxer? Oh, boxer. Boxer thought he was going to heaven. He's going to the glue factory, Eric. Oh, God. But yeah, with that, I like, you know, they're there and you do have. Can we just have a say, what a horse? <laughs> Yeah, really. I do like with all this, too, where you are desperate. So you have like people have to put up with Constantine. He's not getting along. Well, he's drinking nonstop. It's the end of the world. You have Dr. Fate. You got Barda. Like you got a, a crazy amount of got deal Black here. Manta? But... Seems weird, though, that like, you know, Batgirl wants to go into uh, into Gotham to take out Nightwing because why everybody's going to go to Australia to try to get the space, to, you know, get the sun back in action. Yeah. Barbara wants to go back to Gotham. They're all saying it's, it's a death wish right now, a suicide mission, because, you know, nobody has gotten in or out of Gotham since Nightwing has come out as the King of Vampires. Like, no, one person has. But the thing is, they're doing, they're up to the, something with this, some bad folks where you have Dr. Sh like, you know, 
I was going to say Doctor Strange, but Professor Strange, Hugo Strange, the Thinker, Professor Pig, and Frankenstein. And it looks like they have, you know, Harley Quinn all chained up doing weird freaking, you know, experiments on her. And now we have to get Harley Quinn out in the mix. Yeah, and I I completely forgot because we had Harley Quinn leave in the killer's deal where she has the blood in. And that's what they're trying to do, like reverse engineer maybe. A, a vampire serum maybe they're like doing something the, else know, i don't know the best time with this i don't know plan. well that's the thing is what are they are they good bad and and with that i turn the page and i'm such a dummy i'm like what miracle molly no Dude, it's I, Harley. you're not wrong i looked at it i thought it was miracle molly didn't, first, think, no. didn't you think it was miracle molly it didn't it look so like crazy. Harley to me at first yeah i thought that was miracle molly <laughs> I'm like oh crap and like, oh it's Harley. She has the savior blood. So you don't even know what's going on because it does not look good, right? It doesn't look like things are going well it's not for fun times. Well, you know, when you end up having Hugo, the thinker, and Professor Pig, and even Frankenstein back there, We're they team. might be on the up and up. They need to get, they're not really good at like the nice little care of doing they things. They have good bedside manners, we're telling yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, Professor Pig, seriously, but they might be, it might Leslo. just look bad, right? You know, but he ends up saying, I'm gonna, she says, I'm gonna remind you fellas again, in case you've got the last 400 times I told you, so things aren't going well. She's got a thing in her mouth to make sure she can't close her mouth, Jim. I've only seen that one place, terrible pornos. Why would you need that? It, it doesn't even need, like, you're, you're trying to work with her blood, do they just want to do that? It's very odd. Uh, but what would you give it? The thing is, I like the art except for a few things. I mean, like I said, the idea that some of the characters look like paper dolls if they're not like, close up and stuff like that, which is a constant auto Schmidt's art, but it still looks good overall. I like a lot of what we're doing here, but like some of the stuff just kind of like, you know, here, in order for you to know what's going on here, make sure you check out a book in two or three yeah, weeks, whenever that comes annoying. out. It's just very disappointing. And some of the stuff we're dealing with here, like the rules or how people became this or how that like, you know, things happen here. It just kind of come off willy nilly where the idea like, we need to get to a place where we're not going to worry too hard about how it has to happen. So because of these things, we're giving it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 7 out of 10 as well. I was enjoying it by the end, and it's one of those, like, maybe we need it back. Like, Jaina has water powers. Back. Why would you I know, do that? I know, and I was going to say even at that, but like you were just saying, and it kind of, you know, kind of reminded me of the deal where some of these characters, we would have liked to have seen them become vampires and see what happened and maybe explain how, like a plastic man, something like that. But at the end... You kind of get past that. Is Professor Stein just consciousness screaming inside of Ronnie Raymond's vampire yeah, body? Yeah, yeah, really. I don't know. And that would have been really cool to find out. And Or, yeah, he's like, he's not a vampire of the mind, Eric. He's <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> Shit's gone I wrong. No conscience. Uh, oh, no. Uh, but by the end, I think that, okay, we're back on board. We have the deal. We're going to get track. that all-out war a couple weeks from now, so then we'll know what they're talking about there. And then hopefully... No more delays. Let's get this going. Let's get this done because this could be cool. That delay and all that other nonsense really, you know, took the wind out of its sails. So I'm kind of back with that with a seven, but we're going to finish up the podcast with what? The finale, Jim. The freaking joke's on you finale. The joke number 15, written by James Tynan IV, with backup by James Tynan and Sam Johns, art by Giuseppe Caminicoli, Cam Smith, Lorenzo Ruggiero. Arif Prianto, Tom Napolitano, Sweetie Boo, and Becca Carey. And the thing about this Jokes on You finale, for anybody who's been loving the Joker series so far, is the idea, half this issue is just going to remind you of what you read for the last 14 issues, and boy, is it slow. Yeah, it is really slow. I was just shocked how long Just the idea that Batman shows took. up to Jim Gordon, like, where's the Joker, Jim? And like, well, let me tell you what I've been up to. And like, the whole thing where it's like, you know, going through, like, this is the network and the Court of Owls and how everything, like, it's pretty much... 
If you've been reading the Joker series up to this point, maybe you needed a refresher, but most likely you didn't because it's just going to tell you what you already know. You have to give people credit. If they are reading it and they have to go back and read a couple more issues or whatever, then maybe they will. But with this, I'm telling you at one point, Batman, let's go down into my apartment. Oh, let's go up to the roof. I feel comfortable (laughs) up there. Jim, did you kill him? Well, let me spin a yarn for you. And and let me tell you what I think. And really, some of the big things that we wanted to know, we don't get. You're just getting a recap. Even when you have the situation of the recap, it's like this. Okay, remember where we left off where we're at the Sawyer house and like, you know, before they were all arrested and stuff like that. And people said, oh, my God, the Sawyers are cannibals. But we we were there and then Bane told his daughter, vengeance, don't kill the Joker. And I had the gun to the Joker's head. What happened after that? Well, then I just went into a safe room where everybody just kind of stood around and talked like we're doing right now. And we're just going to stand around and talk about what's going on to the point of one of the big things I want to know that we kind of got is that James Gordon Jr. is alive, not well, but alive as a talent. He was brought back by the Court of Vows with the Electrum. And now he's on ice to the point where maybe the Gordons one day can bring their baby boy back to life and Barbara can have a brother again who's not a zombie face creep. Again, first off, he's not a zombie face creep. He's just a creep. And I hope if they do end up bringing him back, they get him some help. I mean, really, this guy keeps having well, he did problems. Have help. But I end up, though, with this. It'd be like me and you. Like, oh, my God, let's let's. It's so silly. I know this is a comic book universe in the DCU, but the idea. Hey, big brother, I'm going to bring you back. And like anytime we see that, it never works out. So we'll see. You tell me that sometimes dead is better. Well, dead is always better, especially, I think, with the Jim Gordon uh, Jr. But well, even we'll, when we'll you see. have the situation where everybody is just standing around in the Sawyer panic room on the Sawyer estate, where last we saw, like I said, Bane kind of put his daughter Vengeance to a chokehold because she wants to kill the Joker. Where does it start? Vengeance's daughter is just running after him, trying to punch open this panic room door until eventually Bane says, no, daughter, that is enough. Don't do that. Let me repeat the same thing I told you about how they're using you again with your brainwashing that I did last issue. Oh, thank God. Let us go back to Santa Prisca and take it out on the people that actually did this to us. Goodbye, everybody. Which Bane makes out. sense, but we had that. And so you also end up, you know, mentioning the whole cloning deal. And I do like that thing where we had those safe houses and where they would go. when The, the network keeping people, uh, villains safe. But also the network were like getting DNA and stuff from that. And we're going to make our own supervillains. And then country's going to pay us their highest bidding for their own supervillains. So you'd have all those. I really just... I really thought at one point you were just going to at least have somebody like, hey there, I'd like to buy a Bane. Can we get this test deal? Just to really get it solidified that that, you know, clone of Bane in the test for C and things like that, like might be a little bit more explained and whatnot. But even this where you get the Sawyers, like that ends up being resolved by nothing. I mean, punch out the one guy, hey, we're going to get the press, but we have to get the nationwide deal because they're probably paying off people and it oh, just for some reason when you said that like they're on our side like when you said the nationwide I'm like maybe i think i think commercials are programmed me <laughs> no, just say okay they end up well they probably huh, paid off everybody here side. nationwide shit the jingles have done it i don't know that they should insure cannibals but they might i mean they're pretty nice people but yeah you have that and it's weird because some of the things you get like as it goes on i'm like oh my like Okay, yeah, the talent. Oh my God, Jim, but nothing happens from it. And then you end up going back to pipe smoking Gordon talking about the Batman. Like, yep, that's what happened there. Did you kill the joke? Then let me tell you this. When we have to move from like, you know, the apartment to the roof, we're just doing all this thing. Like, and we are just recapping everything. 
but what you get for an outcome of what happens in this book, you get this one page of sets is like, we have, so like the idea that when he went to, uh, you know, Dr. Halloween, or was it, you know, Agent Halloween, whatever she was called, though, it's like Isabella there with the Interpol, but like, we especially didn't want to let anybody know that we had gotten Sawyer Samson to talk. He's bitter enough to throw everybody under the bus. Bane of Vengeance? I'm betting they're in Santa Prisca now, cleaning up the, the mess down there in their own brutal way. Bane wants to dismantle their whole cloning operation, but who knows how many more creatures like Vengeance are already in the wind. And the Joker? Joker is Joker. He's back in the wild. For so long now, he's been my devil. So long that I, that I think part of me lost sight of the, of the other devils out there. I picked my shot and took it. It meant letting him live another day, and I'm sure I'll live to regret it, but I can live with my choice. Cool. Basically, what you just said is, yeah, everybody can be back. But, but Cressida, Cressida's dead. Yeah, Cressida gets killed because, you know. And like the whole idea of her avenging her father of the court of the house, dismantling the court. Well, that wasn't done. We have a James Gordon Jr. freaking talent, and Cressida and her father, who once ran the court, who got betrayed by the court, they didn't really do anything, and like Jim has some money to go work with Harvey Bullock as a private eye for Yeah, he's Cressida got the private eye deal, because I, I love that deal where you had to tie that up, where, oh my god, I just got shot. Please get me my tablet so I can transfer the money really quick. It's but, not all the money, I promise you, but it's a lot. That's like me. It's like, oh my god, let me get rid of my browser history. <laughs> like, please, don't die yet. Oh my goodness. So that Cressida thing, it kind of really goes nowhere. That was so nowhere. But as she's dying, she said she should have just said, listen, I had already before this sent you the money. It's going to trip, whatever. But I love where Gordon's like, yep, the Joker's my devil. And Batman's like, no, he's mine. They start getting jealous of each other. It's just ridiculous. Well, then nothing just gets really happened. Well, I sleep soundly this night and I don't hear the laughter anymore. I guess the evil is gone. I'm like, no, you just had one little fucking adventure. This is something you've been dealing with apparently ever since Chicago. And the dude, that, that one bartender guy or the one old cop at the bar told you what evil really was. Yep. This has been bothering you for 30 years because you let the Joker live now. Except suddenly that night, my, my son's still dead and my sister, my daughter's Batgirl and all these people just died in front of me. I saw people eating other people. Except suddenly as a fucking baby that night. You know, it's funny. First off, they really, I know that Barbara says, listen, brother, we'll get you back, but really no emotion to that. But we found out now in the last couple of weeks, the, the way to sleep is either kill somebody, become a murderer, That'll make you sleep like a baby. Or watch everybody else murder people and let the guy go. I mean, this is great. This is what I've been doing wrong. Gordon ends up seeing like 10 times the horrific shit that ended up not letting him sleep before. But he's like, I think that basically at the end, he's like, well, you know, it's not my shit. I didn't die. Good night. And everything leads to just a good night's sleep. It's not. Because of vengeance, (laughs) the Samson family farm is just a (laughs) strewn with bodies fucking yeah. ripped apart and when you go inside where there aren't ripped apart bodies there's other ripped apart bodies that those samsons were just eating a woman just died in his arms getting shot by but the she gave joker him a bunch of money too so it's she, okay and that would even make you like even oh man Steven. like maybe i could have done something but he's like yeah whatever i i think he's looking he's like oh well we were in texas so that's why the blood looked like oil when she got hit, it's like black shit flying out. She got the darkest inside her. Well, she looked like, but then she's the puddle of blood. They're almost like, you know, Jason Todd and Batman there. But eh, whatever. Hey, you what know, ifs? you win some, you lose some. <laughs> That's Jim Gordon's motto. <laughs> I mean, Jim Gordon's great. And then ends up throughout all this, then like Bullock calls to give him some shit real quick. And then he goes to bed. Look, Bullock, I got money. I'll be in the office tomorrow. See you later, partner. What a piece of shit. <laughs> 
He's like, uh, what are you going to count? Sheep tonight? Nah, probably dead bodies. I had a lot of them going on. Plus, my, my daughter's flying back to Gotham. I have to punch out a window. Almost died. And my dead son is there with Electrum in him. And uh, yeah, whatever. Good night, sweet prince. And then he just likes out. I'm like, what happened in this? And then with that, we get the punchline next. I'm like, the we keep up. it going because Which, nothing like, happens. I'm telling you, the punchline backup in my mind is just like this Joker issue. It has been it going is. for a while where all we're going to do is remind people about what's been going on because all you have here is punchline. She's out on the street after her trial of the century and Harper Rowe as Bluebird comes out here to go kick her ass. But it turns out punchline can kick Harper's ass. Harper ain't shit in this. It's very disappointing because even the point where she goes out of patrol with her fucking nose ring all bull style. Her nose and where, ring. Where punchline just pulls it out and then we just have Harper beat the crap out of out of punchline to the point where her brother Cullen's ex-boyfriend is just filming it so it looks like you know Bluebird is just beating the crap out of the woman like like uh, I can't talk beating the crap out of punchline who's just been exonerated for all her crimes why are the vigilantes doing this to innocent people oh my god and then I don't even know what happens this whole thing because Harper then takes the guy so he's like hey what'd you do and honestly I have no idea what she's like magnetic implants your phone and everything on it is now fried like like that makes a difference. The video is posted and people are already spreading it around. You can't kill it, a meme, but you can bury it. I'm like, I really don't know what you just did. Did you just break his phone and that's what you wanted to do out of this whole thing? Yeah, it seems like what, what she ended up doing and then almost felt like she was trying to dupe him into saying bad things because then Punchline starts saying some shit about people. Ah, those assholes, they believe anything I do, whatever. I'm like, ooh, the mic's stuck. No, it isn't. They end up, oh, you have these, you know, all these back and forth conversations well they're gone I'm like after what? she punches this dude out and like you know punchline starts going with what her really is like it ain't hard to control sheeple and stuff like that i really expected her to turn the tables oracle style and just be recording her and do the same exact thing but no you don't hit that no i thought that she pretended that that phone oh i knocked the phone out she was actually recording it and was being broadcast on punchline's deal right from there i thought that was the big play because <laughs> even wasn't. the idea it seems like, you know, I know how your domino mask works and you can like, you know, you can go on some browser with or have a hotspot with your mask where it seems like you can actually record everything through freaking like, you know, facial recognition with, with Harper Rose mask. You have GPS on the thing, but she's actually seeing Twitter or things like, you know, they're definitely going to try and load more BS charges on her. They're seeing the outrage of people from the video that they just seen. But for some reason, this mask can do everything you fucking want it to do except for record what you're and looking you know at what right now. And you know what the funny thing is? I thought that there was a misplay because I thought that she was definitely recording. Also, I thought that the play was ripped the nose ring out because it's kind of one of them fake ones. You're not even ripped, but you end up where... Yeah, that's gross and it really bothered me. She ends up yelling and she does kind of reveal her identity. My brother, Cullen, I'm like, what are you doing? You have to be recording this, right? You know, you end up having punchline is admitting all these things this and, and bad-mouthing. Fucking Bluebird, and it, as much they as I didn't want her do to be anything. Thing, sucks. Yeah, they didn't do anything. And the funny play here is you end up having... The Joker part, and you're like, oh, my God, we have to recap. You didn't really finish anything, whatnot. At least you can say that this punchline is just here so that you can be reminded because there is going to be that book coming out with her. But well, that's that, the thing is, even the, the end of this, like, okay, we gave you nothing for this backup to finish the story so far, but don't worry. Punchline will continue with Punchline, the Gotham game number one. This fall, I'm like, shit. Is that why this is here? Just to remind us yeah. that Punchline's a thing? Yeah, I think so. And the play, I know that I love Punchline, loves Punchline, but I feel kind of bad. This is like when you get a character that you like, and it's just, you know, not good. Well, I'll tell you this now. I have actually really liked Harper Rowe and wanted her to be Bluebird ever since the New 52 and stuff like that. She was pushed on the back burner hardcore for years until she finally started coming back out again. I got excited seeing her as 
this, you know, bat vigilante of Bluebird that I've wanted her to be for a long time. And throughout this, she sucks at her job. And it's actually maybe like Punchline more because Punchline can do no goddamn wrong. And Harper Row kind of sucks. She ends up here. I know that Dancing Mike loves her and Cullen. But you end up where, you know, the time before this, she's being, you know, down underground with the hydroponic deal one of, anarchy. of anarchy. He's dead now, Jim. And again, even when she was doing that, she was kind of doing She's never working out very well. But this. That's something that nobody talks about, too. Didn't Did anarchy die yeah, I in thought the I Am did. Batman book and nobody talked about it? Man, I think so. And so when you get this, like like you said, are you tra- because you're not really elevating punchline that much by making Harper not do anything. It's just like they're standing around yelling at each other and just not doing their job. I mean, you end up having Harper just, she needs to record this. If you have a villain where you set up the villain to just start yelling about people and how I'm duping them and they're just sheep on there, you have to record that. That is what your job is. That's what you have tried to make them do. And you didn't do it. You didn't do it. And like you said, she ends up, her big play is, I knocked out your phone. Yeah, but we already have it uploaded and people have it and it's on the cloud. Yeah, but I knocked out your phone. All right. Well, even though, like, I would suspect that Punchline being, like, obviously the smartest person in the room here, would suspect that her freaking, you know, her mask could record things. Because even the idea of where she wants her to check the internet is like this. That dumb domino mask of yours at least has a hot spot, right? See for yourself where she then goes online with her domino mask. I'm like, why would you not suspect it could also record since she is a vigilante and taking down criminals and crime is one of her jobs? You know, it would be job. like I'm there and I, I'm the bad guy and I end up robbing you and I have my gun and you go like, hey, I think I could shoot better than you. Oh, yeah. Well, here's my gun and you show me. And then, yeah, because also Harper is huge tech. She is the one who that's her big thing. She ended up even becoming part of the kind of bat family because of the tech that she was doing in the sewers and tapping into Batman stuff and things like that. And she can't be smart enough to actually record all of this anyway. You should have been recording it it anyway. You're too worried with what Twitter was saying. You know what I mean? Not just at the last second go, oh my God, I better record. And you know what it would be. You'd tap your forehead and then be going. You should be recording everything you do. And this should be going on the- Especially going against Punchline, who has public opinion right now that everybody loves her. Exactly. And even just a case of if something goes wrong, this should be something that goes right to Oracle. It should go right to the cloud. It should be a broadcast. Nonsense. And yeah, so Punchline pointing it out almost like she's like goading her on. Hey, you know, you can record stuff and look at stuff, right? What are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. It's really, really ridiculous the way it was forced. But there you go. Punchline, the Gotham game, number one. We've had a long time between the issue 14 and 15 especially joker thing but if you remember issue 14 had a different backup we haven't had a punchline back since issue 13 so with that is it kind of the idea like is is, do we need punchline right now should there have been something maybe better than this maybe a three issue deal in batman urban legends something there should have been something something better better. in general yeah better and maybe set something up a little more to go because i still think and I'll, i'll keep saying it even in the Chip Zdarsky deal that we had, it, it seems like DC has an edict. At one point, we thought that all of Tyne, oh, Tynan screwed us. He left. We're never going to have his characters. I think they think that his characters are what the gold mine was, and maybe we can keep the train going, but it doesn't have that feel anymore. It really doesn't have, even then, we were annoyed by half of them anyway. But even this week, we got Gardner, Underbroker, Punchline, 
There's probably like 17 we others. We thought that, that Harley we, was Miracle Molly. <laughs> yeah, we thought that was Miracle Molly. Like all these nonsense things. And then we also have, you know, Batman Inc. coming out with Zachary both Walker Ghostmaker on the, on the and slack. Clown he got his, Hunter. He got his Ghostmaker action figure this week, Jim. So we, we have that. And it looked cool. It looked badass. But yeah, like you said, we have a Batman Inc. deal with his characters. We have this. We were talking even about White Witch and all these this week. And but what would you give this Joker? I ended up giving it a six point three out of ten on the site, but talking about it, I got angry. I'm getting going down to a five point eight out of ten because of the lack of anything that we got for the first half of the Joker book, and even the stuff that we finally got a finale to what was actually going on in the book. It was kind of lackluster. The big thing about this is I did find out about Vengeance, knowing that she's going to continue on because I do think the character's pretty cool, and knowing about James Gordon Another Jr. James being a talent. Tynan deal, yeah. The big thing for me to know about that, and I think the art looks great, in, like both the things, and also while I hate the like the idea of how bad Harper Row is, it was good to use this punchline back up here to keep it up because I'm telling you the whole idea of this, you know, the jokes on you actual finale out of nowhere was to make sure that people understand what's actually going on in the world of Punchline and Joker and Jim Gordon and big reminders all around. Yeah, and the, the thing is, I'll I'll say we get a punchline book. Obviously, it says yeah. it'll continue, but in the fall. we'll see we'll see what happens with with vengeance. See if she pops up and where and whatnot. And she's gonna be so cool going forward. Normally, Jim. I would say that she won't, but I mean, I, I keep under broker. I mean, Alan, where's the designer? Where are these nonsense dead, characters? I mean, seriously, he'll just come out from somewhere. They'll have a flashback deal. But yeah, I'm, I was gonna give it. I'm with you. I was gonna give it a six, which kiss would be a kiss my grit six. But I'm going to go down to 5.5. As we were talking about, it's just a lot of nothing. It just ends up maybe it's even you could be real cynical and say, well, the Joker book was selling really, really well. They ended up canceling it, but they wanted that last deal. And this was but a way to it, say, what was it well, supposed we to be, this. though? Because 14 was supposed to be the final issue. What were we supposed to get out of that? This was supposed to be this was like the surprise real ending. But we really just recapped a lot. And yeah, you, you send off what we get. Is what we normally do, like we almost get the Animal House deal of like, oh, and we might see them again. Oh, he went to Vietnam and was never seen again. Like, nonsense. But with all of that, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Flashpoint Beyond number three. Yeah, I believe mine's a tie with the Dark Crisis and the Flashpoint. Actually, I think it's just Flashpoint Beyond. I think I gave an 8.3 to the Dark Crisis. Maybe not you even that. I never can remember. I, I thought I was 8.5 because I did like it. So even so, I'm going to go with both because I think that they are both worth a reading, especially because they're the big books. And that's what leads to all this. And again, if you want to, I, I just don't get the idea of like, oh, man, I'm not going to read that because why you're reading DC comics, read the big things and, and see where we're going and, and whatnot. But all of that said and done. We have a bunch of books next week. Two of these will be on the Patreon spotlight if they're picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh -uh. And here's what we have, Eric. And Eric will tell you what they'll pick because he's a little better than I am at that. Batgirl's number eight. Batgirl's number eight, Eric, except lovemaking, I hear. And I can hear that. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I hope that she doesn't know. But Batgirl's number eight, if the rankings are to be trusted that just came out that book is starting to tank it better start to well do it should have started to tank months ago because it's not a very good kind of did it's been dropping but it really did drop just like our next well we have we're gonna have the clune red section again unfortunately and yeah with that we also have batman urban legends that's tanking as well this is batman urban legends number 17 which actually i like the concept it's just a little too late with the idea that it's all 
Batman team-ups. Well, that's the thing. is on the cover. It's like a team-up issue for the ages featuring the Flash, Aquaman, Black Adam, the Riddler, the Penguin, and the Catwoman. Yeah. So we'll see if that's whatever, but I don't like this book anymore, Jim. No, that that book has fallen to like like 150 out of the deal. And that's not good for a Batman theme book. I think that we're not going to get it for that much longer, but we'll see. The next one is our first kind of world without tie in. It's the Superman one, Tom King, Dark Crisis Worlds without a Justice League Superman number one. And I do believe this will be on the Patreon spotlight this upcoming yeah, probably, week. And it. It seems to be where Superman is wishing that he had back those years where John was aged up and maybe. And apparently he wanted John to be Tim Drake. Yeah, and maybe also that, you oh, know. Did you see the cover of this one? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Also, I think that the, the idea is, in my mind, because I know what those years are like being a father, you might not want those years. That's not the greatest of years. You might be better well, off. Some with people are better fathers. Superman. Well, we'll see how it goes. DC, oh, and then you have a weird deal because you have the DC versus vampires. You have these trades that are the these coffin and the crypt edition. I'm like, get out of town. Look, you have a cover that's Lost Boys and another cover that's the Breakfast Club, but with vampire DC. That's true. I think it's just like issue one to three in the one and then, yeah. you know, four to six in the other. So Manship will buy those and not even realize it. And yeah, I Am Batman number 11. Sadly, a book that is also tanking. Now, again, a lot of the books are tanking and I hope that maybe... At least, you know, the people who are enjoying it, like me and you, we get a satisfying well, as we saw deal. In the previous issue, we got to deal with Detective Chubb killing a fellow officer who was going to try to kill Man Ray. Yeah. Yep. Man Ray, Eric. Man Ray. We also have, and we'll decide if we're going to talk about it. We have been uh, Naomi, season two, number five. That book has we have fallen two out. issues left. Yeah, that book has fallen out of the top 200. It seems like the sales are really bad. Jim, it says Naomi, season two, in a league of her own. <laughs> yeah, really. A league. Get out of town. And then we have Rogues 3 that ends that. We have been talking about that, so maybe we'll do that. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 13. Mm, there you go. Which is Son apparently the dynamite debut of Dreamer. Oh, yeah, that is. That is the uh, deal of Dreamer. That's going to be a big push, I think. I, well, I want to see how that is introduced in a book that really needs to get some momentum going as well. But we'll oh, yeah, see. And it's totally dragging its feet. And this is another issue that's just going to drag its feet. That's my that's my deal. I don't and, mind unless Dreamer, Dreamer but... is a post-human from Gamora, which is really going to push the story along for the rise. Well, I don't we'll know see. how it's going to work. I don't know. But yeah, that book needs to pick up the pace. And then Wonder Woman 789. Oh, you soy boys, get your milk. Get your milk. <laughs> so stupid. And that's the other book On I the said cover, that. she's tearing down posters and say, man, if best. Really, the manifest. I in my one review, I said they really thought that man of fest was really, really clever. So in my review, I went through the whole deal, like, hey, I got to talk to man management. And they, they, they're nonsense. But, oh, you're you one know. of them clowns, huh? You're one of them yeah, joke I boys. Am. That's what I am. I'm one of them joke boys. They're just soy boys there with my milks. Uh, but yeah, that book is really not doing well. That no. fact, those both going down, and I do believe, like, they end up Clune Red ends up having. Well, yeah, the that's what they do. That's what you do in comics and the strip club, Eric. And that's where you also have the Clune Red. They're going off to do like a Valiant book and things like that. Maybe they'll just leave and go do that and leave us alone because they're not very good. But, hey, every issue can be somebody's best issue ever. You always say every issue can be somebody's <laughs> favorite. But... <laughs> or it could be the worst thing you ever read and never want to read that comics again. Because yeah, of it. that is true. But here we are, Eric. Here we are. So I think that you're right. You're definitely going to get. 
Dark Crisis Worlds without a Just League Superman, and then probably Rose. if we do put on it, I yeah, that's a good one. I thought maybe Naomi. That seemed to be something they like to grab as well, but we'll see. But if you Normally want to listen I'll to everything, off what we do, but we have done each issue in the finale. Yeah, we have. Well, we'll see what we're doing. Uh, you didn't really like the second one as much I as not. I did. Yeah. So with that, two of those will be on the Patreon if you want to get Gorilla City. It's going to be a mobster thing. I'm like, oh, goody. On the whole deal, the Patreon, you get all of the stuff. So it's like the complete package, including early access to this show every Saturday night. So you can go and listen to that early. You get the spotlights and a bunch of other shows as well, as well as stuff from the Marvel and manga and all that. So, yeah, check it out at Weird. uh, What is it? Patreon.com slash Weird Science. I always think that it starts with weird science. But with all of that, that's it, everybody. I'm a little bit more awake now, but I think I'm going to just crash. But I got to go edit this for that early access. So I'll be up late or slash early. But with that, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. We were weird. Weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Closing time. That's it for the podcast. So I guess it's time to go home. Closing time, you've heard the party's over, so turn off your iPod or phone. Closing time, nine hours you just wasted, now it's time to get back to work. Closing time, pretend you're still listening, cause your co-worker's a fucking jerk. Eric's got to go play with his toys Eric's got to go play with his toys Eric's got to go play with his toys Play with his toys